I don't have to tell you good folks what has been happening here in our beloved little town. Sheriff murdered, crops burned, stores looted, people stampeded, and cattle raped. Now the time has come to act, and act fast. I'm leaving. You get back here, you pass. Can I say to Wendell, there's no way that nobody's gonna leave this town. Hell, I was born here, and I was raised here, and that government, I'm gonna die here. And no side-winding, bushwhacking, horn-swoggling, crocker-crocker is gonna roll away Mrs. Cutter. Now, who can argue with that? I think we're all indebted to Gabby Johnson for clearly stating what needed to be said. I'm particularly glad that these lovely children were here today to hear that speech. Not only was it authentic frontier gibberish, it expressed a courage little seen in this day and age. What are we made of? Our fathers came across the prairie, fought Indians... Fort drought, fort locusts, fort dicks. Remember when Richard Dix came in here and tried to take over this town? Well, we didn't give up then. And by gum, we're not going to give up now. Rabbit. Rabbit. Olson Johnson is right. What kind of people are we anyhow? I say we stay and fight it out. Rabbit. Dr. Samuel Johnson's right about Olson Johnson's being right. And I'm not giving up my ice cream parlor that I built with these two hands for nothing or nobody. Howard Johnson is right. Thank you, ma'am. Reverend! Eight minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of March in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live for today from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, The Talker. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. Thank you for uh, joining us on this Tuesday. It is Tuesday, and welcome to Day 12. It is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Nine seventy five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. If you'd like to join us today with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, kvitches, ruminations, ponderings, musings, whatever it is you might have today, five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the absurd, the pointless, the offensive, uh, the just plain pedantic. Whatever it is you have today, it's five zero three seven three three. 2970-503-733-2970. You can also email if you like at rick at uh, rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Or Richie with a T 
970.am. And by the way, I don't really know what our new email addresses are going to be. I'm assuming they're going to be blah, blah, blah at KUFO.com. But that being said, I don't know. Fancy. Uh, perhaps that's the case. I don't know that they're actually set up yet. So we'll, we'll know everything. We'll know more on Thursday. All right. It's uh, 503-733-2970 if you'd like to uh, join us today. Coming up in today's program. Well, first and foremost, before we do anything else, uh, so you may have heard this in the recap hour just now. You may have heard it on a, an amusing uh, promotional spot that ran about nine minutes ago. You may not have heard it at all. Uh, you may have seen it on the website or uh, whatever. Uh, but so today is Tuesday the 10th. That means tomorrow is Wednesday the 11th, and that means the day after that is Thursday the 12th. And that day, Thursday the 12th, we will be moving this very fine radio program, the Rick Emerson Show, to Rock 101 KUFO. We will be moving to mornings on Rock 101 KUFO. Featuring Sarah X. Dillon, Richie Bristol, myself, and, of course, the return of Tim Riley as the news director for the Rick Emerson Show. That will be coming up Thursday. That is the day after tomorrow. Not today, not tomorrow. The next day. Oh, my God. Moving coming this... up quick. Looking forward to the alarm clock already. Uh, I'll be moving th- this radio program to uh, to Thursday, uh, to mornings Thursday on Rock 101 KUFO. So more details on that as we uh, as we go on, including this. So... Before we do anything else today, I will say that uh, we're going to set aside a segment, probably not here, uh, probably sometime, I don't know, maybe in the 1 o'clock hour, but we might do some of those here before the bottom of the hour. We might do some in the next few minutes. Um, but I'm going to do sort of an open phone fact kind of a thing, uh, just so we can answer a lot of the questions that are probably going to come up over and over, some of the questions that came up yesterday. Uh, so yesterday we kind of broke the news to everybody. We had uh, Tim Riley back on the show yesterday. He'll be joining us again tomorrow afternoon as we do our final show on AM 970. Uh, our final show ever on AM 970. That'll be tomorrow afternoon. So Tim Riley will be here for that. And we'll probably a- answer some of this stuff again tomorrow. But but for today anyway, I'm going to try to address a lot of these questions. And maybe the sort of people have some of the, the more common questions that I'm going to get. There's just no way... I mean, realistically speaking, there's no way I'm going to get all my email answered, at least at any time in the foreseeable future. I mean, we'll, we'll be... I have more email in the past two days than I ever have had in my entire life. And that's the thing. is, We're going to be on, on KUFO doing the show there before we'd ever get any of the email answered. You know what I mean? So that we would, it would take so long to get it all caught up that it would be like next Monday. So um, anyway, so we're going to get some of your questions about that maybe in this segment, but certainly later on in the program around 1 o'clock or so. Uh, coming up today as well, we have seen a radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum, uh, who is joining us on the program, Steve Kastenbaum from New York City. Also seeing a radio correspondent, Jim Roop, will join us from Los Angeles, and uh, our good friend Bob Costantini joining us as well uh, from TMZ.com. We will talk to Katie Darrell, and of course the one and only Don Taylor will be stepping in to handle some uh, news duties today. Then tomorrow we will have Dave Schmicky here with us, uh, as well as Tim Riley coming on to the back half of tomorrow's program. Ooh. And then Thursday, Thursday morning, March 12th, we will be moving this very fine radio broadcast to Rock 101 KUFO. So more details on that coming up uh, as well. Also today, uh, Geek Watch coming up, Religious Nutcase Watch uh, coming up, and something or other. Are we still giving away those My Two Dads DVDs? Is that this week? Or was that last week? Do we have? Is that this week as well, Richie? I have no clue. All right, well done. <laughs> Way to stay on top of your game. I'm working on it for. 
I'm sorry? He's he's training himself to already wake up early. Can I train you to actually put your mouth next to the microphone when you when you speak? So difficult. Seriously, are you going to let me in the morning? It's quit being a thing I find amusing. It's it's begun to become a thing that I find irritating because you speak, and then I have to like take up twice the amount of time because we have to ask you to move your mouth next to the microphone. Okay, sorry. Thanks so much. How are you, Richie? Hi, Richie. How are you today? Oh, I woke up at four. I've been waking up since Sunday. That's not really. That's not really. That's not really answering the question, but that's okay. You know, we'll get back to you. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's going to be the best day ever. It's 503- oh, boy, isn't it already? <laughs> 733-2970. 503-733-2970. We are joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillman. Hello, how are you today? Oh, boy. You sound bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Don't I? Yes, you do. I sound like a girl whose alarm clock didn't go off. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed you did. And not so much did not go off as it did uh, completely die. Yes. Well, well done. Yes. So, Let's uh, maybe two <laughs> alarm clocks. Maybe not one to replace this one. Maybe one to I replace this one this and another clock, one. It was kind of pretty. I'm I'm a little disappointed that it. But you know what? I'm glad that it died now and not yeah. Thursday. No, seriously. <laughs> I'm going to suggest that you get strongly suggest that you get two alarm clocks. No, I'm I'm getting Thursday. two alarm clocks. Like, I, but what alarm clock dies? Well, things break. Who throws his shoe? I mean, what what's screws that? fall out? The world's an imperfect place. I right? guess so. But I mean, like to have it just completely like just. 100% if I were you, I'd, be, uh, I'd get thee to a Walgreens, and I would be buying multiple alarm clocks now. I shall be buying multiple alarm Seriously, on Thursday, I'm going to have... A, because I don't know what the time we're all planning on getting up. Uh, but I get, you know, I usually use the... I use the BlackBerry uh, alarm clock, which actually works really well. Cell phone alarm clocks never work for me. No, see, but that's but see, the BlackBerry they totally they, because it is like a because it's such a business phone, like they know it's for you know, like so many people who use Blackberries like, like guys traveling. that are traveling a lot, and it's like you know dudes who are out you know like you know they're spending maybe they're in a hotel or something, and so the BlackBerry alarm clock doesn't it, 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 it doesn't play it like it blares right out of there and wakes you up. But that being said, I will be and what I'm going to do is I'm going to get one of the like one of the full-on old-school ones where it doesn't even make the pleasant chiming sound. It just goes like, eh, and just buzzes at you. Yeah. Because I think we all understand that the two most universally uh, irritating alarm rings are the old-school buzzing alarm clock and then that one electronic chime that is in every radio commercial because oh, it's e- the... E- Exactly, uh, because it's universally known to be awful, but it's also it's also probably the most widely used. So that's the one that they work into every commercial, you know, everywhere. To the point that you will hear it on the radio, and I'll never understand why people do this. Every now and again, you hear a radio spot that actually is using that alarm clock, and immediately it's like the most Pavlovian of responses, where you just reach over to the dial and off, because because you just equate it with all things uh, horrible. So, in any event. So it's all very, uh, so, yeah, it's so all I, very thrilling. Yes. Yeah, so my afternoon consists of me buying multiple alarm clocks. Excellent. All right then. And Ooh. then, and then you got lost tomorrow night, right? Lost to? Oh, no, no, no. Lost is off this week. What? And so there is no lost. Well, there that's good because no then you're not going to be because you know, because what is it on eight or nine? It's on at nine. Well, see, there you go. <laughs> so that you have to because otherwise you'd be up to like at least ten, and then you have to get up at like three, three thirty, and that's not going to be really oh, fun. Oh, so, Lord. Yeah. Uh, all right. But yeah, but um. Yeah, no loss. And then... I'm, I'm going to let delirious. you collect your thoughts. It's uh, 503-733-2970. And we had bowling last night. And uh, were you successful? Did you crush the opposition? No, they were like really like freakish, like superhuman strength good. We're still in first place, though. Okay. Yeah, we, we won the last game. We we lost the first two, won the third one. All right. But, well, um, you, know, you could be forgiven for perhaps being ever so slightly distracted. <sighs> 
It's all right. It's all right. It's, it's That's been... right. Your mind might have been elsewhere last night. While you should have been thinking bowling, you might have been thinking, you know, I don't know, hey, we have to uh, transplant the morning show. It's been a bit of a morning. It's been a bit of a morning. All right. Uh, we'll just take some random phone calls here at the beginning of the show. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. How can I assist you today? Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Yes. Hi. Uh, yes. Hello. Hi. Hi, Rick. Hello. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Hello. Hi, Hi. This is Helen. Oh, hello, hello, Helen. How are you? I want to tell you that um, uh, I'm disoriented, too. This whole thing is very disturbing. The thing about it is you people are grand. You're so creative, and I'm so glad that you have a job and that you're going to be able to live comfortably on to something else. But I'm sure, like many, many people, we're going to miss you so much in this uh, part because... You were um, a lot of our life, and, uh, you know... You know we're not moving to the moon or anything, <laughs> right? I know, but you're going to be you're gonna be up so early, and it's like, I don't know if I want to get up that early, but... Uh, oh, Helen, you know. You know you want to. What? <laughs> don't you want to? You don't want to get up with us? Well, I might hear, hear you at 8.30 or 5 minutes to 9. Well, thankfully, but... Helen, uh, the miracles of science and technology do archive the program, and they make it available to you uh, with uh, one simple click of a mouse. Okay. Well, thank you so much, and uh, you're, just, you're just wonderfully grand. And I think that later you people will be coming back today, you know, after the world gets better. All right, then. Thanks so much, Helen. But we're coming back where? I don't know. And I don't really know who you people are. It sounds vaguely I don't know that this is where we should be going. You not. people. Like, uh, coming... Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program uh, taking some unscreened calls here at the beginning of the show. How can I help you today? Good morning, Rick. Sarah and Richie. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good morning. Good. Hey, I was listening to the big announcement yesterday, and the first thing that popped in my mind, I mean, I'm sure you got your lot time covered and all that, but the first thing that popped in my mind was, you know, the greatest thing I was thinking would be great to replace your show would be Don Taylor and Dave Schmicky, and you could call it, wait for it, Double D. Let me ask you this. If you were to go back and look at uh, this call, really, like if you were to advance yourself into the future and analyze this call, where would you say that uh, your comments went off the rail? Exactly. If you were to look at the weakest part of this uh, call so far, exactly what would you identify as that section? Sure. It would be the double D's part. But other than that, I like I like where we were going until that happened. Uh, somebody actually suggested that we just have, that we actually just create a sort of rotating, laid-off Portland uh, media folks uh, program, that we, you know, to show that we actually just set aside, we block out some section of time where it is this kind of just revolving cast of folks that have been blown out from uh, from various media outlets. So there's, I will tell you this, uh, and we were talking to um, Todd Tolsis yesterday. Don Taylor's actually going to be in today. Dave Schmicky's going to be in tomorrow. David Walker, actually, I haven't even had time to talk about David Walker. We should congratulate David Walker, who actually got himself a job. He actually Yay. got, he actually is now once again employed. And it worked out in a really, it was sort of serendipitous, actually, because he emailed and he said, He's like, hey, I hate to break the news to you, but I won't be able to be in on Thursday afternoon because I'm going to be uh, at this job. And I emailed back and I said, hey, as a matter of fact, it works out perfectly for us because we're going to be moving the KUFO. Um, but but we are going to we have really just worked with and met a lot of great uh, people and and you know, folks who have come in and they've lent us their voices and their talent and their time. And we're going to find a way to incorporate as many of those um, folks as we can. 
as we move over to KUFO and do mornings, we're going to try to find a way to, to continue the spotlight of those guys because they really are fantastic. So you're... So your suggestion is actually your suggestion actually is is quite a good one, and, and I don't know that it would be necessarily that, but we are going to try to find a way to give uh, to give those guys a little bit of a microphone and um, a little bit of a platform as we move forward because it's just you know this too, too much talent just to overlook. So, and just because it's such a great suggestion, sir, I'm going to overlook the unfortunate double D's part at the end. Because I think at one point that's what they wanted to call Daria and somebody. I think they wanted to call it like I think they wanted to put Daria and Doug together on the buzz. And I think they had some whole thing in their head that they were going to call it. It's Dari, it's Doug, it's Double D's. And oh, that's bad. It, it is. So you know, but we're going to uh, we're just going to uh, we're going to mentally excise that portion of your call. All right. Well, thanks, man. Good luck, and uh, looking forward to the morning show. All right. Thank you, my friend. All right. There you go. See, he's looking forward to it, not saying I'm going to catch five minutes of it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Rick, I dread your uh, I dread your move to mornings, and it's caused my whole day to become torn asunder. <laughs> And Helen said that we were disturbing her. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, you people. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> hey, uh, so why are you guys doing 5 to 9 and not 6 to 10? I think if uh, this is sort of a little bit of a pulling back the curtain thing. I was talking to Sarah about this yesterday. The five, Well, first of all, uh, because 5 to 9, 6 to 10, I mean, I could sort of be uh, cynical about it and say that if, you know, if I'm really going to get rid of the remainder of my evening life, if I'm actually going to have uh, no social life, no ability to do anything, if I'm going to have to go to bed as though I were back in first grade, I might as well get done with uh, work sooner rather than later. But the other thing is I think there's just there's so much uh, out there and there's just so many. I mean, there's you know, the morning shows on TV and there's radio shows. and There's just a billion things. And I think our thing is just kind of to get on and to get ahead of everybody else and, and just sort of be first out of the gate, if that makes any sense. So. Sure, sure. Uh, one other question. Um, have you guys thought about maybe – I know you're doing the podcast with KFO, and I don't know if they allow, like, the, the crossover from one station to the other, but just replaying your show – in your regular time frame on this station. I will say that's a much better suggestion than the guy who emailed me repeatedly yesterday saying that we should do 5 to 9 on KUFO and then take an hour off and then come over here and do 10 to 3 uh, on 970, <laughs> which, by the way, there's just not enough money in the world. So if confidential to that guy, stop it. Stop emailing. Stop asking. Not going to happen. Um, in terms of that's another question we've had, and so we'll just kind of do <clears throat> sort of an ad hoc uh, open phone fact uh, thing here. and Throughout the day, we're going to try to get some of these questions answered. In terms of doing the KUFO show and then repurposing it, as they say now in radio, nobody they don't say reuse, they don't say recycle, they don't say uh, replay, they now say repurpose. In terms of repurposing that program over here to middays, that's actually not not a question that's so that's not so out of the question. I, I can't I can't answer that definitively just yet. Not because it's a big state secret, but only because there's still some things that. That need to be answered, and some, st- some questions need to be figured out. But I would, I would say at this point, at least for, I would say at least for the initial few days, we want to try to maintain some sort of dual presence, as they say, because there's always people who don't get the memo. There's always some guy who's out of town, he's on vacation, he's in a coma, and then he wakes up and he goes, "By God, what happened?" So, at least for the initial few days of the changeover, we're going to try to maintain some kind of dual presence. So cool. the people who tune in during middays know that we've moved. Beyond that, I can't really say. And and, and frankly, beyond that, it, it, some of you know some of what happens is, is not going to be my decision anymore because I'm going to be handing over the the program director duties to right. Chris Paddock. But I guess uh, you know at the, the at the risk of summing this up by not answering anything at all, stay tuned for details. Nothing is nothing is set in stone as of yet. All right, sounds good. Good luck, you guys. Thank you, sir. Thanks. All right, there you go.
Uh, let's see. We'll do a couple more here and we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello there. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up, sir? Uh, first of all, congratulations on the new show. It's Thank you, my friend. Um, here, here's a question I have. Uh, I love KUFO. I love everything Wait, hold about on. it. Hold on one second, sir. Can you drop sure. the mono bit there for a second? Mm-hmm. Just turn that off. Is that just our show playing in the background? That's the weird. The mono bed is speeding the phone anything. again. I can totally hear the mono bed speeding the phone. What is with my hearing? Well, you're deaf. I know. What do you mean? What is with your hearing? <laughs> I think the yes. I think we know the answer. Okay, you can you can put that back up if you wish. All right, go ahead, sir. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, I like KUFO and all the personalities and things, but I'm not the super huge fan of the music part. And yes, sir. So I was just wanting to make sure that the Rick Emerson show is going to be a talk show with occasional music and not a Music show with occasional talk. You have yes, summed it up is. in one sentence, exactly. For the win, sir. Yes, that is exactly that's exactly what it's going to be. All right, thank you. There you go. Uh, see, that was a concise question mm-hmm. with, a, with, a, with a definite, concrete, finite answer. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Good morning, Rick et al. Hello, sir. Uh, first of all, uh, huzzah to you. I'm very excited by the move. Thank you, my friend. Uh, secondly, I have a suggestion and then a question. My suggestion is... I used to wake up at 3 a.m. to do uh, a really early morning shift, and I had three alarm clocks, one in my room, one in the bathroom, and one in the kitchen that were all set to go off at the same time. So it forces you to move from one location to the other. And they got that. Somebody was uh, somebody was telling me that I guess it was actually in the Think Geek catalog. Oh, the moving alarm clock. Yeah, it's an alarm clock that runs away from you. <laughs> and it's like as you get, it's got some weird. It's got first of all, it's got like little wheels or something on it. And then I think actually the closer you get to it, I think it's got some sort of motion sensing device. And as you get closer to it, it actually just it, it screams its way to the other side of the house. So you got to be chasing the thing around in the morning, which seems like it would either be. A, fantastically effective. B, it might be hilarious. Infuriating. C, hilarious. D, angering, or possibly some combination of the above. But you had the three going off simultaneously? Yeah, uh, so that I would move to the uh, dresser, hear it in the bathroom, move to there, and then move to the kitchen so that I could get coffee. So it was like a trail of, ele- uh, of, of alarm clock breadcrumbs. Pretty much. You'd have to, of course, synchronize. Uh, beforehand, right, but, right. Uh, and then my my question is this: I realize that it's very, very early. However, uh, wait, hold is on. There any, okay. you, are you just getting in? Maybe you should do this. Maybe because the show hasn't even launched, you should be the first person out of the gate to complain about something we're doing on the new show. <laughs> no, not me. Say, uh, I don't know excited. that uh, that guest you had on in the seven a.m. hour. I just felt that they were dull and uh, had points that were too obvious. I'll send a list. Okay, thank you. Uh, no, my my actual question is: Is there any move towards syndication of Rick Emerson? Uh, Sorry, I know. Yeah, that went so badly the last time. That went so poorly. <laughs> um, that it, was why you know you you can answer nothing to that. Um, well, I'll, I'll just say this: I'll say at the moment, no. At the moment, I and we and all of us and CBS. I speak for CBS on this too. I think at the moment. Just as we have been with this show here, uh, we're concerned with doing the best show for Portland possible. I mean, that's and that was, you know, the, for those of you who don't know, I used to do this terrible syndicated show, and then it went away. And then when we started doing the Portland show again, I sort of had realized the error of my ways and kind of trying to be everything to everybody. And, of course, ended up being nothing to nobody, and nobody listened. And um, so we tried to do the best Portland show possible, and, and we're going to be trying to do the best Portland show possible still, just in mornings. Uh, on KUFO, and we're going to be focusing on making it a Portland show, keeping it a live local show. At some point, if it becomes wildly successful, I guess anything anything is possible. But at the moment, at the moment, we are going to be focusing on keeping it Portland-based. Best idea. 
Thank you, Ever, and uh, good luck to you guys. Thank you, Thank sir. You. All right, we'll take a break here. Back after this with uh, more of your phone calls. So we're going to be doing uh, sort of an open phone fact throughout the day. If you have questions about our move to KUFO, if you have questions about what the show is going to be, you have questions about uh, anything under the sun, you can give us calls. 503-733-2970. When we come back, Bob Costantini, Steve Kastenbaum, later on Don Taylor, and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. <laughs> Why, hello, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday. Uh, we'll get more of your uh, phone calls here in a few as we count down the remaining hours of this program until tomorrow's program, which is our final uh, broadcast here on AM 970. Before the Rick Emerson Show moves to mornings on Rock 101 KUFO with Sarah X. Dillon, Richie Bristol, and the return of Tim Riley as well as myself. That is coming Thursday morning on Rock 101 KUFO. Uh, more of your phone calls here and just a skosh followed by uh, Don Taylor who will be joining us in the news chair. Also got Steve Kasselman coming up here in a second. This, however, is CNN Radio correspondent and man of the world straddling the journalistic globe like Colossus, Bob Constantini. Hello, Rick. How are you? Hello, Bob. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I guess you guys are excited or, you know... Not as excited as you sound every change day, Bob. Of, uh, change of... <laughs> A change of hours, at least. That's really, sure. I mean, uh, I, I just have to say that uh, really compared to your always bubbling level of enthusiasm, <laughs> we just sound absolutely sonambulant here. <laughs> Very good. Sonambulant. Thank you. <laughs> Sarah, what does that look that Sarah just gave me? What is the look? Nothing. I love listening to Bob talk. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying, oh. you know, here's the thing, Bob, is that you're just, you know what it is? You're just a taciturn man in terms of yes. your in terms of displaying your emotions. You know this about yourself. I I'm tend not, to be that way. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. It is no. You take your job as a journalist very seriously. You are. Yep. You you know what it is. You, you, Bob Costantini. You you hold uh, you hold things in reserve. It's all here. It's it's a quiet intensity that you have, Bob. Generally, yes. 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 Indeed. So no, we're excited. It's just. Um, Somebody asked me yesterday, I was, uh, was sitting in uh, Chris Paddock's office. He's the uh, program director for KUFO, which is where we're going to be going. And I was sitting there, and uh, somebody that we work with is uh, girl Sarah, as she came in, and, and she sat down, as we were talking about something or other. And she said, how are you doing? She said, you seem kind of, kind of low-key about the whole thing right now. And I was just sort of sitting there do, moving, not at all. And I said that, A, it had been just sort of an exhausting couple of weeks, and then it had been an exhausting day yesterday, just sort of making the announcement, talking about it. And then also, I'm having to do that thing of just managing my energy level, because if you just giddy yourself into a frenzy, then by the time, like, today comes, or Wednesday, or God help us, Thursday or Friday, then you're just then you're just a big pile of broadcasting goo. Nobody wants that. And that is the lesson of Bob Costantini. Manage your energy level. Um, speaking of managing, what the, why is the transition taking place sort of midweek? Um, because we didn't want to wake up at 4 a.m. on a Monday. <laughs> exactly. Because I didn't. That really, I could try to come up with some sort of like, uh, I could try to come up with some sort of logistic reason that had to do with like, I don't know the the, the, the moon. Re oh, yeah. yeah, research or like focus grouping or ratings. They had you know or when people tend to be tuning in it had nothing to do with that. The idea that we would have to after years and years of not having to get up and follow a normal schedule like actual working people. The idea that we would then not only be moving to a morning shift, but a shift that requires us to be out of bed at 3 in the morning Ooh. on a Monday. Yeah. See, right now, I mean, you're, you get up. What time do you get up in the morning? 
Um, well, when I work uh, dick shift, which is the morning shift here, I usually have to get up at 4. See, yeah. so, I mean, you do that. You get up at yeah. 4 a.m., and just now when I say getting up at 3, you did the involuntary, oh. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't do it every day, though, too. Just out of the blue, after 13 years since doing dry, uh, morning drive, getting up at 3 a.m. and then having to do five days in a row, that just that is enough just to sap anybody's will to live. Um, so this is kind of splitting the difference. Uh, we're going to be yeah. doing it on Thursday. Gives us Thursday. Gives us Friday. Get a couple of days to regroup. Then we come back strong on Monday. That really is the that's the actual reason. Very good. Yeah. So um, anyway, so on, on that note, but it is good really, luck, by the way. And well, I, I should say, and we should also note that our relationship with uh, with CNN will continue uh, unabated. So uh, so we look forward to many many more years of everyone's charm and uh, and enthusiasm, sir. Unabated, uh, somnambulant. Wow. It's, well, it's, it's what I do. Um, I, I don't even I don't even know what we can really get to here because we're sort of running behind a little bit. But I will just say yep. this: here's a story that seems to happen about every 95 days. Apparently, the federal government's going to be running out of money. A, I thought we were already out of money. B, I thought we've been out of money for like 20 years. And C, they always threaten these things that like they got to pass some spending bill or the government's going to run out of money. But it never really happens. Like things never really stop. Yeah, things will not stop this time either, even if they don't pass this $410 billion uh, emergency spending bill or supplemental bill or omnibus bill, the various names to it, um, because the uh, Democrats are controlling Congress and Democrats control the White House. So there is not likely to be any kind of showdown, even if uh, that particular bill gets stalled once again. Uh, the Democrats do believe they have enough votes for it uh, to pass in the Senate pretty much intact, and uh, that uh, includes the 9,000 or so earmarks uh, projects, uh, pork barrel projects, as critics like to call them, uh, that would be part of this bill. The uh, uh, Obama administration keeps saying, well, this is last year's business, so uh, it doesn't necessarily count against our uh, pledge of you know, cutting down on earmarks and things like that. But it's going to pass uh, more than likely, uh, perhaps later on today. Hey, and by the way, am I? I mean, I guess it shouldn't surprise me at some point. There should come a point in in the evolution of your life as an American citizen when these sorts of things no longer catch you off guard. Is it true that Congress just gets an automatic pay raise every that, single year, like yes. forever? Uh, yes, that's part of this debate. Republicans um, are trying uh, to uh, put forth an amendment, and it probably isn't going to pass. Um, but it will put people on the record about whether or not they want to vote each year for the pay raise. Right now it is automatic. Um, it avoids any kind of, or, you know, somewhat of a lot of political embarrassment for people to vote themselves a pay raise because it's automatic. Um, we all wish we had that kind of thing by and large. But uh, Republicans are trying to get people on the record about this issue before they end up uh, passing this uh, big spending bill. Well, I was going to make some, I was going to make some catty remark, but you know what? I'm going to try to keep things on the positive tip here, Bob Costantini. All right. All right. Uh, are you on tomorrow? Um, yes, I will be here tomorrow. All right. But so Lisa will be back too. All right. So uh, we may or may not speak tomorrow, but this yes. is uh, this is far from the last time that we will That's have these true. conversations. So I look forward to it, and the best of luck to you guys. Thank you, sir. Enjoy the rest of your day, Bob. All right. Take uh, care, there you go. ladies and gentlemen. Bob Costantini, a veritable crockpot. Of newscasting energy. Wonderful. Uh, let's see. Um, somebody said they were already getting possible slogans for the morning show. Rick, because there seems to be an emphasis on how early your show will be, I thought of possible slogans, such as better than infomercials or 
shut it. They don't want to be up right now either. Congratulations <laughs> again. I feel for you all. Uh, anyway, so, that is uh, exactly what we should do. Uh, this guy said, here's another one. This one says, uh, this one says actually, Rick. Um, Rick, a.k.a. The Morning Mouth. Ha, ha, ha. What is the deal with callers complaining about the show's time shift? Why, when did this audience become so pussified? Emerson Show listeners are supposed to be better than this, Rick. Listeners should quit their bitching. They should set their goddamn alarm clocks, uh, and they should begin listening to your program in the morning on Thursday. If you can't get your ass out of bed, listen to the podcast. It takes one click of a button. Quit your bitching, says this email. Seriously, I don't understand people who are complaining when we're the ones who have to drag. <laughs> like, and I'm looking forward to it, by the way. But um, and we're the ones that are going to have to be up. I mean, we can, get to be up, Sarah. We don't have to be we up. Get to we be get up. to be up. And, and they can listen in in their pajamas and have a nice little morning of it. And he says we get a hundred thousand watts of clear FM. Rick Emerson show and Tim Riley. Uh, come on, he says my coffee pot and my clock radio set is yours. Uh, Michael, P.S. I love Helen. She's confused and nuts and entertaining. All right. Thank I you. I want to buy a coffee pot that I can um, wake up to every morning. Oh, I have one of those. It's you have one of those? Yeah. That sounds magical. Like you set the alarm and then it starts. I don't have a coffee pot. You know that. You know this is 2009. Like you don't have an alarm clock. I, you don't have a coffee you, pot. No, you know I'm a hippie. I mean, by nature. an alarm. I mean, they've had those like since 1970. I think this is like you set the you set the time like 6 a.m. Bam, coffee pot turns itself on. Did you not know those existed? I knew they existed, but... Do you I, not own a coffee pot? I don't own a coffee pot. Uh, see, that doesn't make any sense. I know that you're not the most domestic of, of women, but I mean, seriously, what is what? what I is think that I about? have like a... Um, what are those? Like the Please don't tell me one? you own a percolator. Please don't tell me you no, percolate coffee. I don't coffee. Have a percolator. All right. No. I disown you. All right. I, but what do you mean? But I want to get I want to get a magical coffee pot that oh, that turns on when I wake up. How can they live in Portland and not have a coffee pot? I mean, I, I know, know there's I coffee have... shops everywhere, but I mean, so they're not always open. You know me. I, I, I live with not a lot. Do you just not drink coffee as a regular as a regular thing? Though is that a deal? Are you not a habitual coffee drinker? No, I don't need it. I don't oh, need it in the morning. Oh, I mean, like right. I, well, that's the I drink it here. Okay, now, that's okay. Well, but that, I, I feel like I'm going to become a habitual. I, need I, it I would in the say morning. That that's almost certainly the case. Sarah. Yes. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, man about town, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. Uh, yeah, Sarah, you know, you will be drinking coffee every day from now on. Uh, since I started working early morning hours, uh, Rick, 24 ounces of coffee a day before noon. Good for you. No, yeah. that's, what time the, do you get up, that's Steve? what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, as early as you guys are going to be waking up. <laughs> what time? What is your alarm set for? Uh, my alarm set for... Between, 520, 530 usually. Oh, wait, your alarm is set for 520? Yeah, about 520. Now, you know, know, we'll have been on the air for half an hour by the time your ass is getting out of bed. Sounds like it's just hitting you and the audience today, that that fact. Oh, no, I've been thinking about that for quite some time. And I I can tell you, it's also, it doesn't help that, I mean, let's just be be honest, if we're talking so much about this, and today and tomorrow, (laughs) pardon me, today and tomorrow both are going to be, they were saying today we're doing like an open phone fact kind of a thing, uh, because... We came on yesterday at 11 a.m. and we announced it, and then we didn't even get the calls to like 1.30 probably, and we didn't get to a whole lot of calls then. And so today and tomorrow we're going to try to be answering as many of these questions uh, for listeners as possible because people are just now finding out or they got, you know, something they want to know about the new show or what's going to happen here or, you know, what, you know how this came to be or whatever. But um, what was my point? Oh, uh, so I had this whole grand scheme where on – I was going to start gradually getting up like an hour earlier every day starting like Monday, where it's going to be 7 a.m., 6 a.m., 5 a.m., and then whatever. And that didn't really happen the last um, – I'm really honestly not complaining about it. There's just so much to do and so much work to get done before the show launches on Thursday. 
It's like every single night, I'm like, not tonight, tonight, I'm going to get to bed at 10.30, and then, of course, that never happens. So when Thursday comes, it's going to be, uh, we'll just say it's going to be, uh, it, it begin, uh, it's going to begin shifting rather abruptly. It's going to be uh, something of a sudden shift in my sleeping schedule, we'll put it that way. It takes a while to get used to it, it yes. does, uh, and, and, but, but, it's, but it's worth it. It is. Well, and, and especially because, I mean, in, in addition to all of the great, you know, the, the huge, you know, huge signal and, uh, you know, there's, you know, to, you know, FM mornings and, you know, which, which comes, you know, there's a whole lot of, you know, it, it's a bigger, it's a bigger platform in some ways in, in the sense that there are people, I, I get email, uh, from people every day. They're like, Hey, I have to go home and download the show, even though I'm up and around when you're on the air because the signal just doesn't get into the office. AM signals especially can get real sketchy in terms of uh, what they call, you know, in terms of RF or interference if you work around electronic equipment, if you work in buildings that are made of certain materials, the AM signal sometimes won't get in there. And oh, yeah. When I turn on my kitchen lights, I lose my AM radio station. Yeah, I mean, you know, that is the thing that all AM radio stations have dealt with forever, uh, the fact that there's just certain things that interfere with the signal. And not everybody's able to listen online because of their IT department or whatever. So that that really is great. Um, so it's, but in terms of everything else, it's going to be, uh, you know, it is going to be, it's going to going to be a bit of a shift, but uh, it's absolutely worth it. So. But I, but I'm with Sarah. I mean, you know, you can listen whenever you want now. You can just download the podcast if you have to listen to Rick and Sarah and Tim at 11 in the morning. Just download the podcast of the show. I will say that it really is, this is kind of one of the, the common themes in our program, and I can't really take credit for it. It was a thing that the author, Douglas Copeland, came up with. Douglas Copeland is the author of uh, Microserves and Girlfriend in a Coma and Life After God. He wrote this great essay, and this is years ago. I mean, he wrote this essay that happened probably in 1997, and it was called The Past Sucks. And he... <laughs> He wrote the article and it started by saying something like he said I'm writing this on my on my Apple PowerBook in you know on a transatlantic uh, jetliner that is you know, cruising at 700 miles an hour 30,000 feet in the air I am drinking a you know uh, a steaming hot espresso that was served to me by the stewardess as I uh, you know as, as I as I finish this article after which I will put on um, you know my headphones and I'll listen to uh, you know uh, listen to Moonlight Sonata with digital clarity and he was talking about all of this technology he was using and all these gadgets he had and all these devices and he said but you know. 200 years ago, I wouldn't be on a plane, I wouldn't be typing on a power book, I wouldn't be listening to an MP3 player, and in fact, I probably would be dead of scarlet fever. Because as everything, as time goes on, everything gets better. The idea that things get worse somehow is just, uh, that's just not true. And even like five years ago, if you missed a radio show, you missed a TV show, you were effed. You were screwed. Ten years ago, there was no such thing as TiVo. But now, man, you missed something, one button, you got to download it. So, yeah. anyway. All right, it's all very exciting. Hey, let's talk about something else that's exciting, and by exciting, I mean terrifying. How about that stock market? How is it possible that this can be true when it says, here's what it says here on the prep sheet. It says, stocks tumbled on Monday. Here's, here's the thing. When you're at the top of a staircase, I understand that you can tumble because you've got to go all the way to the bottom. When you're on the second stair, it doesn't really seem like you can tumble because there's really only so far that you can fall. Well, you know... I think we're really sort of in the lower third of the staircase. So there is still some room for a downward momentum. But I, but I bring you good news today, Rick. I know you've been waiting for good news when it comes to the economy, when it comes to the Dow Jones Industrial Average for a while now. You're, you're like the rest of us. You're tired of hearing bad news day after day. Yes. Today, the Dow Jones Industrial Average 
has been up as much as 320, 330 points. Right now it's up 278 points. Want to know why? Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) There you go. One CEO of one bank wrote a letter to his employees saying that, hey, we were actually profitable in January and February. And the whole market was like, yay, good news. Is this the thing? Has has the entire world become some sort of massive echo and reverberation amplification chamber where the tiniest bit of bad news causes the Dow to fall by like 5,000 points, but the tiniest bit of good news causes everything uh, to spike and for people to go out into the uh, streets and do some sort of synchronized Busby Berkeley routine about how everything's coming up roses? Generally speaking, yes. And I and, and it's crazy what's go- going on here because you're right. Everybody uh, latches on to one thing, and it and it can drive the stock market up and down in tremendous uh, uh, movements in in a minute's notice. It's it's unbelievable how much the the Dow Jones uh, has been moving these days. But again, you have to remember it's the thirty blue chip stocks. It's it's only thirty stocks when there are a few thousand at the stock exchange. Uh, the S&P 500, 500 stocks there is a much better representation of what's going on in the stock market. But still, we like to read the Dow. You know, i got to say that if I didn't know any better, I would say that our country was a little bit uh, manic-depressive slash bipolar, which I think are actually the same things. I think, I think, think manic-depressive is actually the new name for bipolar because bipolar was kind of a scary-sounding word, so we came up with manic-depressive instead. But um, in that everything is either just exuberant excitement or just desperate sadness and sorrow. There, there really seems to be no middle ground uh, for us emotionally as a uh, as a culture right now. Well, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's um, in everything, not just in the stock market. But if you think about it, you know, movies are like that. Uh, our music is like that. I, I can't think of anything anymore that's sort of in the no, middle ground. No, there is no gray area. Hey, by the way, I don't know if I made this happen by talking about it. I feel really bad, though. I mean, I guess I guess I'm a little, I guess I shouldn't feel uh, too bad uh, for them. But um, after you and I spent a, a good chunk of yesterday's uh, segment talking about Opie and Anthony, and I was uh, sort of poking at those guys a little bit, and then I got off the air, found out that they got fired from their from their New, their New York affiliate. Um, so you and I yesterday, I think it was actually yesterday morning, you were talking about how New York radio is terrible. And I said, well, what's on New York radio these days? And you were talking about Scott Shannon, and you said, Opie and Anthony. And so I was um, making a little bit of fun uh, of our uh, esteemed colleagues, Opie and Anthony, who are employed by CBS Radio, or were uh, anyway. Although I don't even know what, I don't even know what, what, they, what they were doing in terms of other radio stations. But I got off the air yesterday, and I read a thing on All Access, which is a radio, uh, like, sort of news and gossip site. And apparently yesterday was their last day in New York, and they got off the air, and they found out the station's turning to top 40. So, oh, yeah, look at that. You see, you, Man, I take the train in one day. I left my car here at work, and I decided to take the subway, and I, I missed all this. Yes. How do you like that? I'm reading it. <laughs> That's crazy. So there you go. So I, uh, so I feel like kind of a jerk, because it makes it look like, a, it, it, if for no other reason than this, it makes it look like I knew that they were going to get bounced off the station in New York, and so I was sort of... Uh, prodding them because of that. So uh, that was not the case. That's just an unfortunate coincidence. I was making fun of them, and then their station blew up. I really wish you guys would get on a, a New York radio station because th- that poor station, K-Rock, you know, CBS has tried so much with them ever since Howard Stern ha- ha- left, and, and they just can't seem to find a winning formula over there. So, well, the, uh, the answer is Twittering, Steve. That's the answer to uh, to everything now. Yes. I have uh, I have no idea how or why, but I'm told that all of our fortunes lie in the monetizing of the Twitter stream. So just pass that along to whoever you think is a power player there. 
Like, jeez. Okay, right. I will. All right, have a good day, my friend. See you. All right, there you go. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm still obsessed. That is the coolest thing I've ever seen. The picture that I showed you? Yes. Oh, I was wondering if you were, if, if, if I should elaborate, if you should. Somebody sent us a photo. They took uh, the Watchmen characters, and I, I think somebody was suggesting that they actually call it the Listen Men as opposed to the Watchmen. Somebody took the Watchmen characters. I think Bobby referenced this yesterday when he was on the show, Fat Boy. And uh, it was uh, Logan. This, yeah. So uh, Logan, uh, the listener, took uh, the Watchmen, and he sort of morphed all of our faces onto there. Although I think Night Owl is still unchanged, so I think he wants to put Paddock as Night Owl. Yeah, Night Owl is still unchanged, so is Rorschach. Yeah. No, I think Rorschach, I know he was going to try to work Bobby's face into that at some point. Oh, you know it's... what? Nope. It has, uh, he has Bobby's hat on. Yeah. So that's, uh, so it's pretty great. Uh, so we're going to, I think that's going to be posted if it's not already at the, at the station site. So, so thank you, sir. It looks God, fantastic. That is the coolest thing ever. It and really he's is a kid pretty right. Logan's like 15. I think he was 15 when we first started doing this program. And now that we're old, I think he's at least 18. I may be wrong about that. He can't be 18. You know, I think that sometimes, too. And it's like, then I meet some guy who's like, I got an email yesterday. Some guy's like, hey, so I started listening to you when I was 19 years of age. I am now 32. You know, and I'm just like, really? Thanks. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back after this. If you're on hold, hang tight. Uh, we'll get the, more of your phone calls around the corner. Don Taylor is here. Later on, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop and Katie Darrell from TMZ.com. The Rick Emerson Radio Program moving to mornings on Rock 101 KUFO this Thursday. Stay there. Back after this. Why, hello, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. If you'd like to uh, email us, you can do that as well. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at uh, 970.am or Richie with a T at 970.am. And I do believe that all of us will be transferring over to... Uh, to KUFO email addresses sometime in the next 48 hours. That being said, I'm not really sure. Hey, here's the thing you don't hear all that often. How do you get rid of a seven and a half inch dildo? By the way, this isn't like a riddle. This isn't like this isn't like when Gollum is uh, is challenging Bilbo to try. To... <laughs> what is it? Cut in its pocket. Um, the, what are uh, you doing? Uh, so my wife actually asked me this uh, last night and. She initially phrased it, to be honest, I'm actually uh, retrofitting this a little bit, because she initially said, what do you do with a seven-and-a-half-inch dildo? And I opened my mouth to, and then I opened my mouth. Um, I opened my mouth to respond with any number of sort of probably off-putting uh, remarks. And she said, let me clarify. She said, I mean, how do you get rid of a seven-and-a-half-inch dildo? And I said, why do you ask, honey? And here's the reason she was asking. And I really don't... I don't even really know that I'm asking because I expect there to be any sort of answer given, but it was just, it was too amusing not to write down on one of my VH1 Gene Simmons post-it notes uh, to bring in. So my wife I always this, see those sitting on your desk. She's on this whole cleaning jag at home, uh, where she's kind of, well, you've seen, you've, you've been to the house recently, where she's kind of doing this whole thing where she's Clean remaking. Really clean. It's, well, and, well, and she's, she's kind of remaking the whole inside. She's kind of painting all of the, the rooms. Everything's sort of... You have, like, walls that are different colors and stuff. Yeah, she was trying to get, like, a whole theme going on. But as part of that, she's just trying to... We're trying to live a more Spartan existence. Uh, so she's trying to get rid of a lot of the, the crap that's just been sitting around. And 
one of the things uh, that those of us on the program, Sarah, Tim, Richie, myself, just are up to our eyeballs in is sex toys and the sort of porn things of all varieties. Uh, because Your office is full of sex toys. It really is, uh, because many of our fine sponsors, including Taboo Adult Video, just every time there's any sort of an event, an occasion, a gathering, a party, uh, anything... They just celebrate it by giving us just these huge tubs full of dildos and porn, which is fine. Rick Emerson appreciates that. He really does. But there does re you reach some sort of you reach what I believe scientists call the dildo event horizon, where one has more artificial phalluses than one can reasonably be expected to use in a lifetime. But at the same time, like you don't want to throw those away, as Chris Rock's dad would say. That's well, that's fifteen dollar worth of dildo. So what are you going to do with that? You can't just chuck it out into the trash. You can put it out at the curb with the used perfume. Hello, Don Taylor. How are you? <laughs> Let's fine. welcome Don Taylor uh, to the Rick Emerson radio um, program. Remember that problem Kristen Bowie was having yesterday? No. About how this audio vault on-air studio needs to close? Just ignore that. I am. Just I'm, ignore it. It's not letting me go to the hotkeys. That's great. Well, I guess we'll restart it. Should I just be... Uh, just imagine now that your theme we're playing, Don. Mentally, mentally insert your theme. Uh, so, anyway, this is just kind of cleaning out the. Just clean Sarah's off to find uh, the engineer. I guess this is the uh, second time in like a day that the the massive computer system. We have this sort of HAL mainframe uh, that houses all of our sounds, all of our everything. Really, uh, almost every single thing except from uh, our actual voices, and then some stuff off off my computer all comes off a single machine in front of Sarah. So when it goes down, there's just nothing there. But anyway, it, so we have this, all of this stuff that Taboo Adult Video has given us over time, and this is like there's piles of like DVDs and powders and lotions and things and whatever, and. Some of that stuff sort of made its uh, way home because I think at one point she was doing like, I don't know, she's getting ready to do like a bachelorette party or, or something. And she's like, do you have any sort of like a, like a wacky sort of kooky sex gift? And I'm like, do I ever? And it's like, <laughs> I have never once, neither of us have ever actually had to go out and buy any of that stuff because I can always just go to my office and I open up the top of the bin and then there's just like a huge pile of like, you know, like potency pills and then dice that have like breasts on the side of them or something. So I think at one point I must have just brought her home a big pile of stuff from the porn basket and it's still sitting there, and and I guess I could just bring it back to work. But as she was sorting all the stuff at home, and it's like, this gets thrown away, I'm keeping this, this is going to Goodwill, she comes across this seven-and-a-half-inch bright blue uh, dildo. And I get still sealed. It's still, like, it never, it's never been opened, never been anything. So it's, it's I mean, it's still absolutely, you know, whatever. It's, it's just as though it came off the shelf. And she's like, well, I can't, like, you can't really give that to Goodwill. Like, you can't, I mean, I guess you could, but it just seems odd. And you're never really going to throw it out. And she actually said, she was the one who said, you can't really put it on the curb. She's like, I can't really put it out there with like the, like the hibachi that we're no longer using. And so it's just sitting at home, but you feel like it's wrong to throw it away because you realize that it is like, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know how much a blue dildo costs. Don? Not a clue. So, I, but I mean, clearly they don't just give those away. So it seems like you... I don't think the fact that it's blue ups the price. I'm just saying it seems like you ought to do uh, something with it, but I don't really know what it would be. So... Oh, hey, Rick. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. Now I feel fully and truly here. <laughs> Excellent. Anyway. You could give them to Richie. Maybe he could, I don't know. I'm. Does he have, he's got the Darcel connection. He's got the things going on. Maybe someone might be doing some sort of a charity event or something where they need raffle prizes and things. Ah, uh, maybe. And I don't even really want to, it's not, it's not like I'm even really asking for people to call about it. I'm just, uh, 
it was just one of those things that you don't expect to hear somebody ask you, like when she's, you know, how do I get rid of a seven? Because when you, first of all, when somebody says, how do I get rid of a blank, and then it's, they're inserting some object after it, no pun intended, the first thing you think of is that they've bludgeoned someone to death, and they're trying to figure out exactly how it is they can expunge each and every print and hair and fiber off of whatever the item is. And also... And getting getting blood and fingerprints and, and hair off of a dildo is not easy, believe me. <laughs> That's a lot of elbow grease and a cheese grater. That's what it's called for. Um, it also just does underscore exactly the degree to which our jobs are different than perhaps jobs that other people have. Because I don't think you work in an insurance office and a guy just brings in a big basket of plastic penises for everybody. I, I don't Un, really know. Unless that... you carry the policies uh, for, say, Vivid. <laughs> Which I'll bet they get paid in dildos all the time. Don't you wonder about that? Don't you wonder about the guy who has to drop all the contracts for Vivid Video when they sign some new porn starlet? Uh, and I was actually thinking about this just the other day. I was thinking about. Uh, who was I talking to? I was talking to Roop, I think. It was those Vivid Video billboards that are on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. And, you know, there's got to be some guy somewhere who sits there and he draws up the 55-page contract between, like, Jenna Jameson and whoever's going to be employing her. And you do wonder what sorts of things are spelled out in that agreement. Insert joke about contract writer. That, yes. Well that, done. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think that was uh, a bleepable phrase. And yet. Yes. <laughs> All right. How are you, Don Taylor? Other than, uh, other than apparently saying naughty things on the air. I'm fine. I, uh, I took that... Uh, radio workshop oh i forgot all about the this. weekend and now i now i'm afraid to talk so we should say this we should say that don taylor in addition to writing for film.com in addition to writing for cinematical as part of the aol network of content <laughs> galaxy of stars things <laughs> um you also do a uh, you also do a radio program on what we might call a community station here in portland oregon we might call it that and Inexplicably enough, it seems that they have the time and the money to bring in. Was it an actual consultant? They got a grant to do a series of, to pay a consultant for a series of workshops to basically, and they never actually said it this way, to basically make the on-air talent not suck as bad. That's, that seems like a lost cause between you and I. Well, and yeah. And so they hired this woman who is a radio personality, I guess you call it. She has an NPR show in the San Francisco Bay Area that's all about the gay, lesbian, transgender issues. She uh, does voiceover work and uh, narration for things. Um, and she also does media training. And she's a stand-up comic. Let me understand this. So they actually... <laughs> They got a woman who broadcasts on NPR to come talk to somebody on it, to many, many, many somebodies on a community radio station yeah. about how to be compelling and to presumably increase the size of the audience. To be fair, she's very anti-standard NPR talk. She's mm -hmm. apparently done a lot of training with NPR She won people. you over, didn't she? Actually, she was kind of an a-hole. This really is like, it really is very much like Helen Keller teaching Ann Sullivan how to juggle. I mean, that's kind of. What she was that a very like. anti, anti the laid back NPR kind of, and this is what there's a lot of at the uh, and and plus incompetency at the local community radio station. So she was trying to actually trying to teach a little bit about compelling performance, which I got a credit her with. But do uh, they give you any handy tips and tricks for for presenting your radio program in a more uh, in a more interesting and fast moving fashion? Well, because you know we're. Because, you know, Sarah and I are going to be moving to mornings. You might have heard. I've heard that. That uh, the show's going to be moving to mornings on KUFO. So we're always looking for any sort of uh, competitive edge, Dawn. So do you have any advice? I do have one note here that I made uh, that I actually noted for Rick. 
to let you know. You're not supposed to narrate your process. What does that mean? Well, you know all that stuff you do where you actually <laughs> you do. ask Sarah, you know, you tell her that you think you're running out of time, so she might have to bump somebody. You're wondering where Richie is. You mentioned that you've dropped your pencil. Don't narrate your process. Of you're not supposed to. All those things that actually make your show those compelling. Human. <laughs> yeah, that makes your audiences want to listen to you because they think they're seeing behind the curtain a little and they relate to you. No. Uh, and this is a quote directly from her. I wrote this down. If I wanted to listen to you sort your underwear, I would have married your ass. It's no wonder she's a stand-up comic, Don. As I said, she was uh, kind of a... She said the, the first thing I wrote down was something nasty she said, because I just wanted to make sure I remembered it. There was a fellow who asked her a question about editing, mm-hmm. and the, she asked him if he logged his tape when he did interviews and did stuff. And for, for listeners, basically you either on the editing software or on a legal pad or both, you make notes of at which time markers. At two minutes and 42 seconds, Bruce Campbell says something hilarious that we'll probably have to edit. Yeah, or or something you want to remember where good quotes are so they can go back and find them. And he said that, that he didn't log his tape. And she's, I believe he actually said he can't log his tape, which, I don't know. And then she responded to him, what do you mean you can't log the tape? That it's too hard? Any moron can do that. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. So, yeah, she was a real people person. Well, uh, find out if she's available to uh, to coach a fast-paced and irreverent morning show, Don, because we're always looking for people to help shape the sound and style of the Rick Emerson radio program. Well, she critiqued my air check, and she said she oh, liked God. my voice, except that the one thing she told me was the one thing I was already painfully aware of, which was that I say, uh, and um too much. And you know what? Uh, you know, tell her that... Uh, I it, saw her picture. That lady is, like, scary-looking. She shouldn't be judging anybody. I'm also supposed to uh, talk very close to the mic. Uh-huh. Because that makes me sound sexier and more powerful. Yes, really. Because those two things always go together in radio. Really, what you want to do is you just want to be breathy, and try not to have so many thoughts, and try to uh, try to speak in small one-syllable words, and then occasionally just give like a coquettish giggle in the background. I also have a handout that I brought on talking the copy. May I see on that? How you can? Uh, oh yes. Hit right. uh, hit the operative words uh, properly. So now I'm all thinking about my tempo and my pacing and stuff, and I'm afraid to talk. All right, hold on. Uh, really, just thought. <gasps> oh my God, this is in Comic Sans. That was yes. She's... Well done, Marilyn Pittman. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna try and not mention her. Name. No, no, no. She need no. You know what? This woman is not ashamed of the advice she offers. She it's, is not. Uh, she's running. She was not ashamed to tell you. You know all of the advice that she gave you. She's running a professional uh, uh, consulting service here. She undoubtedly is always looking for new clients. So if you're a broadcaster or perhaps somebody interested in getting into radio, and you're looking for advice, you're looking for suggestions, maybe you're just looking to hone and clarify your own broadcasting or speaking style, apparently Marilyn Pittman, who writes everything in Comic Sans, which is the way to be taken seriously in this industry, also, by the way, have 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 a business address that ends in AOL.com. Uh, anyway. she, also, she also kept taking notes throughout the entire workshop whenever she would say something or have an observation of her own that she thought was particularly clever or funny. She would make a note of it to use it later in her stand-up act. Uh, and, of course, let, her know, let us all know that that's what she was doing. And I'm sitting here thinking, stop narrating your process. <laughs> no one cares. Uh, Marilyn's tips on talking the copy. The four dynamics for emphasizing operatives. Pitch. These are the notes, also called inflection. Your notes should have good pitch range. Just like music, when the notes change, you pay attention. Guys still need to use the highs or have some 
treble. Likewise, you gals have to develop those lows or bass that have power. Volume is the punch. Make an, uh, making an operative word stand out by making it louder is the most common but overused way to emphasize copy. But certain words really lend themselves to using the punch. Finding a softer volume on certain words can also help the tone of a story. This is unbelievably useless. Tempo. The vowels. Slowing down a word requires stretching the vowel sound. Stretching out... Is she actually giving advice on how to speak more slowly and what the logistics of slowing down actually are? I, I believe so, yes. Stretching out the vowel sound in an operative word gives more time to that word, making it stand up. Wait, let me hold on. She's going a mile a minute here. Let me understand. <laughs> if you stretch out a word, it goes more slowly, is what she's saying. Yes, you want to stretch there's, the vowel sound. There's just too many concepts being thrown at me all at once here. I can't. And I'm constantly uh, distracted by this microphone at the bottom. You can tell, by the way, that her advice is probably informative, but I would say also edgy and irreverent. Because the microphone has uh, what appears to be a mohawk and then big crazy googly no. eyes. Actually, it's not really a mohawk. It's so, it's a uh, it's a representation, I believe, of her own hair. She has that sort of thin, sort of wispy hair that she does. She spike it up, spikes it up, and makes crazy. She have a dog walking service when she's not doing this. I don't know. She, she installs her own aluminum siding. <laughs> All right. Well, in any event, well, let's do uh, a couple calls and we'll take a break. We'll come back after this on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, hello. How may I serve you, sir, madam? Is the case maybe? Hi, is this me? Yes, it is. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hi, oh, sorry, hold on. I wasn't. Hold on. I wasn't on microphone there. I have to speak closely to the microphone because people don't ever like to be reminded that you're broadcasting to them from an actual room. But by explaining that, you're now narrating your process. Damn yeah, me Rick, to hell! What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, Rick? I Did you listen. I I made a fail, sir. How can sorry. I? Uh, how can I help you? Hey, Rick. On uh, Saturday, I emailed you a picture of uh, this David Walker with a mohawk because he was talking about that. Uh, on Thursday's show. I may not have gotten that. I uh, When we move over to, to KUFO, I'm going to uh, try to take that. Here's a couple things that are going to be happening, because I don't wish to freak anybody out like beyond the point that they might already be. So a couple things that are in the pipeline, as they say. We're going to be moving to Rock 101 KUFO as of Thursday morning. As part of that, uh, we're going to be getting different email addresses. Certainly Sarah and Tim and Richie will be having different email addresses. I'll keep using uh, rick at rickemerson.com, but as part of that, this was actually already going to take place, but I'm just going to we're going to have it all done in one day. Uh, RickEmerson.com is just being remodeled. Joni DeRoshi is kind of revamping it and just sort of making it making it all prettified and, and spiffed up and whatnot. So that's going to be happening on Thursday as well. So I'm you know, freaked out if you go to the website; it looks all different and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that's happening anyway. But as part of that, I'm going to try to figure out why my email keeps dropping and filtering out attachments. It's like they don't even really go to the spam folder; they just get stripped out for some reason. I'm trying to figure out why that is. So okay. that is a long way to say that I probably did not get whatever photo you sent, sir. Okay. Well, if you'd like, I could resend it. It's very amusing. And this is, I mean, is this like a, this is a period photo? This is a vintage oh, photo? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dave and I have been friends since we're like 13 years old. So. I've, I've seen this picture. It's like on his Facebook page or something like that as well. And it's, or someone linked it. Too, and I saw it on Facebook, and it's it's delightful. I gotta say that when when uh, Walker was here last Thursday, and he he brought that you know he posted that movie clip of him in Fatal Revenge, where he has like the big Boondocks hair, which is just oh, like the amazing. best thing I've ever seen. So, oh yeah, yes, please uh, please that forward that along, sir. Oh, we'll do. We'll do. Best right. show until Thursday. Thank you, my friend. All right. Hi, you're oh, on the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. 
Hey, Rick. Uh, hey, this is Jesse. A question for you. Yes, sir. Um, I do listen to another podcast. I actually have a normal day job since I got a new job again. Uh, and kind of got a double whammy of both Paul Harvey dying and then you moving to KUFO. Um, just to make sure, you're not going to become some strange let me, corporate Let me understand this. Are you no. in fact... Hold on. Let me, let me just... Are you in fact equating the return of Tim Riley and this program moving to uh, Mornings on KUFO with Paul Harvey dying? Uh, no. Okay. Just want to make sure that those don't have some sort of equivalency in your mind. No, 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 not at all. all. You just experienced a couple of, a one-two punch of radio sadness. It was a little jarring because I got a call from my girlfriend at work. She said, "Hey, I got this this thing from the uh, the Glorious Bastards that said they're moving to KOFO." It was a uh, a double dose of radio tumult. It was it was a little strange. Yes. And uh, you know it. In these trying economic times, yes, just making sure that you know fears are going to be laid, and uh, just going to make, you know, hoping to try and make sure you're not going to become some corporate fool when I don't have to stop listening to the show. Well, I'm kind of a corporate tool to begin with. I mean, let's have no illusions about that. Well, uh, I, I I get that. I understand that. And you know, moving to KOFO, moving to FM is going to be a fantastic thing for the show. More listeners, greater, you know, people that are going to listen to the show. Uh, just trying to make sure it's going to still be the same. Kind of strange well, I'll put it, show I'll put, that I've come to enjoy. Well, I'll put it this way: um, this is not like how do I put this? Um, KUFO very much was interested. Well, I guess he is now doing this, but you know, jump back to when everything the conversations first started happening about it. KUFO yeah. is interested in the Rick Emerson show being on. KUFO. We'll put it that way. Uh, as opposed to uh, me just sort of sitting around in my house going, uh, how can I get my voice on an FM station somewhere in the morning? Um, well, there's a station. Maybe I'll design the show for You know, in other words, there's, sometimes this happens especially when you're out of work. If you're a radio guy and you're sitting around on the beach, as they say, and you're between gigs, you see a station, you see that somebody's hiring, you see that there's an opening somewhere. And you try to sort of fashion whatever it is you do to be whatever it is they're looking for. So if they're looking for somebody to come on and do, like, love dedications at night, you know, suddenly, as uh, as Marilyn Pittman would say, suddenly your volume and pitch can both be adjusted to convey a sort of casual intimacy late at night. Sure, and playing and make, songs sure for you al- make sure you elongate your vowels and speak very close exactly. to the microphone. Uh, so, you know, sometimes you're, you're sort of between gigs, people will do that, where they try to transmogrify themselves into whatever the station's looking for. Like that show that Dave Schmidtke and I are putting together for the, uh, exactly. the, big, the big hole exactly. for the, the after the double Ds. Um, but, uh, but in terms of, of this deal here... Uh, KUFO very much likes what what we do, and they're the fans of the show. And we, you know, and it, and also it's not it's not like it is a lot of times where it's some station or some company that's you know 15 states away. Uh, we've worked with those guys for a long time, and obviously we you know we're good friends with them with with Paddock and with uh, Cord and Bobby, and the, the shows have a very similar sensibility. Our, ours and, and Cord and Bobby's, and the stations have a similar sensibility. So. Nothing is, you know, you move from middays on an AM talk station to mornings on an, on an FM uh, station. Things, you know, get done a little bit differently in the morning just in terms of pacing and the rhythm of it. But, oh, sure. you know, it's going to be the same and show. Just like, and just like uh, uh, Don was talking about a little earlier, it's the fact that, you know, I, I'm sure that I speak for many people. You know, I do enjoy the behind-the-curtain stuff, you know, hearing the doors squeak. Yeah. Um, you know, the you know the stuff about, you know, is, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? You know, what's happening at, at 115? You know, to, 
the board at the other station. Well, I will say this. Let me just address a couple of things. First of all, uh, the door is going to continue to squeak because we're going to continue to be in this room. Uh, so we're not going to be moving the door will never go there away. anytime soon. But it's, sure. the, the weirdest thing is going to be, I think, for me anyway, uh, because, you know, the, the, the stuff... The benchmarks, as they say, the features and bits and elements, and whether it's the top five or whether it's uh, talking to Lisa Desjardins, all that stuff, the stuff that you know that, that really works and that we're big fans of, that everybody likes, it's going to move over with us. It's going to be weird to be saying that that stuff happens at like 7.15 as opposed to 1.15, but... Well, and, and that's the other thing. What, what's Sarah going to do when she goes and ties one on at like, you know, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning and has to be at the station at 4 o'clock? Well, those days are over, my friend. Yeah, when's your next uh, Thursday night listener party? I mean, Seriously, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, no more Thursday. Well, and I'll say, you know, I mean, right now, I mean... She, that guy's horrifically taunting. She's, she's basically <laughs> drinking until like 6 in the morning now, so really in terms of the actual dynamic... Oh, it's, thanks for that, right? It's just a shift. It really is. Relatively speaking, sir, that'll remain unchanged. I wouldn't worry about that. Um, All right, we should take a break here. We'll get caught up. We'll come back to some actual news with Dawn Taylor. I like you referred to it as filling the big hole, by the way. That'll be the name of your show. It's probably because you were talking about the disposal issues earlier. Filling the big hole with Dawn Taylor and Dave Schmidtke. Back after this. I like the title. It's the Rick Everson radio program. Don't go anywhere. Emerson Radio Program. Our friend Keelan uh, weighs in. He says, I'm curious, does the prep for the new move effectively cancel the magic shave experiment? I don't know how the KUFO listening audience would quite get it, but I'm dying for you to do it. I thought about that. Here's the I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, we always do the same shows. I mean, I don't know how to do any show other than this. Well, that's not really the issue to me. The issue is, I don't really want to do it uh, right now because I do think at some point in the next couple of days they're going to be taking photos of us. And I was to understand that uh, that would effectively burn off layers of my epidermis and perhaps uh, I'd end up, uh, you know, I'd end up like one of those guys who comes to your high school to tell you not to smoke. It was like missing a jock. You know, and then he sort of drools a lot and then everybody looks away awkwardly. So nobody, uh, nobody wishes for that to happen. I might uh, postpone that ever so slightly. All right. I did suggest I'm sorry? Oh, I am. I, am. I, there you there, I did suggest to uh, Sarah when we uh, I was first told about this that you should just completely baffle your, your listeners on your very first episode show, whatever you call it, in, in I should ask Marilyn Pittman, in uh, KUFO, that uh, just come on the air at 5 a.m. as a wacky morning zoo oh, show. Oh, it was on the Hey, it's Rick Emerson. Yeah. Lots of sound effects. And your your listeners would be so sad. You see, I think that there's two things. So what, what's it. the benefit of that? I don't know. I, I think the problem, my problem here's, is that I think things are funny that are often just cruel. Here's why that's, here's what, well, you're, I mean, look, I mean, you're in the right place for that. Let's not have any illusions about, about that dynamic. There's two things. One, our audience would kind of go, well, crap. Uh, and uh, yeah, you'd lose everyone. And the actual the morning audience that is sort of extant on FM radio would probably not even be phased by it. That's sort of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really referencing Adam Carolla, but just sort of the morning audience in general that is just so acclimated 
uh, to having a bunch of, you know, like, you know, hey, we're the breakfast flakes waking you up. We're going to play Battle of the Sexes Dicks. Don't go anywhere. You know, and there's just no... You would have I, a large percentage of uh, of drive time listeners who'd be going, oh, thank God. Thank I'm so glad they brought back quality programming. <laughs> this is the sort of predictability and humdrum amusement that I've been longing for in my early mornings. The And the other thing about it is that so much morning radio is just... Trying to uh, trying to pa- uh, to parody or satirize morning radio is almost impossible at this point. I mean, I guess you know the the Family Guy thing kind of works because, but it really only works not because it's a good parody, but just because it goes on forever. I mean, that's it's that Family Guy thing where it's not actually that funny. It's just they just do it for nine minutes till it becomes funny. Because if you were just to isolate about ten seconds, like if you were to take any twenty seconds of the Family Guy weenie in the butt thing and play it. It would just sound like a morning show. That's the thing. It's just that it's like the elongation that makes it amusing because parodying morning radio is sort of like trying to satirize Gilligan's Island. There's just like it's just so ludicrous to begin with. There's really nowhere to go there. You hear the uh, the parody of something like Groundhog Day with uh, the radio in the morning, and that's Harry Shearer and right. someone doing yeah, it's time to get him. And we laugh because oh, it's it's a satire. And then I was looking, I looked uh, on YouTube and looked up the Da Vinci's Notebook uh, song, the the enormous penis song. Yes. And uh, there's a, a YouTube clip of them in studio with Bob and Tom in the morning. Yes. And you have to wade through two <laughs> minutes of Bob and Tom in the morning talking to those those zany singer guys before you can actually get to the song. It's like oh God, it's not a parody. No. They actually sound like that. It is in fact an accurate representation of the vast swath of morning radio uh, programs. Uh, that but you, you ever want to uh, if you ever want to laugh and cry all at once. Paddock is not alone in this because every Pete. I mean, look, even the program director of a talk station, I would I would get these all the time. But Paddock, especially since the Adam Carolla thing, you know that announcement where Carolla said, "Hey, you know, it's my last show, and I'm going off the air, and whatever." Man, it's like later that day, like within five minutes, uh, it was sort of like you know it was it was like Harry Potter getting uh, getting the invitation letter to Hogwarts, where things just start shooting in the mail slot, except they were all in these big padded Manila envelopes, and they were air checks of just the worst. No offense to whoever said these, it's just the worst crap you have ever heard in your life. And look, not like I'm the gold standard or nothing, but I mean, there was this doesn't really work uh, on the air. This is more of a visual gag. But there was the CD to Patagon. It was an air check of some duo. It was like, you know, the, the Mary, Terry, Larry, and Gary show. But the primary the primary two hosts were a man and a woman who I think, it's like they were either married or you were like supposed to get the idea that maybe they were more than just Fred's co-hosts. But the guy looked a little bit like Tom Poston from Newhart. Like he should have been putting on bib overalls and like putting the screwdriver inside a tractor. And then the woman was doing what I can only describe as a variation on the Macaulay Culkin Home Alone pose. But it's like, instead of putting her hands on her cheeks and making the big, like, <gasps> face, she she was doing, like, one hand over her mouth as though either the guy or her had about, you know, was about to say something naughty. It was like about to, about to say something that, you know, that they were going to say something a little blue. And Paddock, we were sitting in his Man, office. Smithy and I are going to have to redo our pictures. <laughs> we were sitting in his office, and he was just like wading through just these piles of just radio detritus. And he actually just, without even any comment, he didn't even say anything about it. He just took it off the desk, and he held it up, and he showed it to us. And then he just, like his shoulders sort of slumped kind of imperceptibly, and he just shook his head. <laughs> and he just put it down the desk, he's like, 
I'm going to go to the kitchen for a while. I'll be back. And he just left and came back uh, because it was all all too depressing. All right. Uh, let us do this, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get some more of your phone calls here in a moment. Don't forget, uh, as of Thursday, Thursday morning, this very fine radio program, The Rick Emerson Show, moves to Rock 101 KUFO. Coming up later on today, we'll get more of your phone calls about the you know the change and the, whatever questions you might have about how it came to be or what's the, what the show and what's the show going to sound like. So any of those questions, we will uh, get to uh, via your phone calls here in a short while. Also, senior radio correspondent James Rube, Katie Darrell from TMZ. This, however, is the news. And now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. An arsonist is apparently on the prowl for green Ford Escorts from the 1990s. Three of them have been burned in recent weeks, a series that Medford, Oregon Police Sergeant Mike Boudreau described as, quote, pretty bizarre. A 1995 green Ford Escort was destroyed by flames early Sunday morning after someone broke a window and poured flammable liquid into it. A similar fire was set in a 1993 green Ford Escort parked in a driveway on February 22nd. Investigators have also uncovered a February 2nd case of a 1992 green Ford Escort damaged by a plastic container filled with flammable liquid placed next to a tire that burned without setting the car on fire. Boudreaux told the Mail Tribune newspaper in Medford, I think this person really doesn't like Ford Escorts. That is the uh, that's the sort of uh, precision uh, reporting that one can expect from where is it Eugene Medford Medford I'm sorry Medford please forgive me um, I, I don't have anything to say about that except to say that I once owned a Ford Escort and so I'm a little bit uh, biased because it was first of all it was just it was jet black and it had no air conditioning. And one of the windows rolled down, but the others didn't. And I owned it during the hottest summer in Washington. I think it had been the hottest summer in like 75 years or something. And so when I think about Ford Escorts, it's just a, it was just a sweat box. It was like one of those things that you see guys sitting in in the 1940s movies where it's like a box and it's just his head above it and he's in there like trying to shrink down for the big movie role or whatever. Also that I don't believe I've ever seen a green Ford Escort. Also this... I would like to see some sort of, I was talking about the documentary Helvetica, and I was just 90 minutes about a font, and it really, um, it, it manages to neither be pretentious nor navel-gazing, and it really is unbelievably entertaining. But on that sort of, you know, it, talking about things like that, like sort of stylistic things and, and subjects that seem very, well, that are, in fact, minute areas of the human experience, but which have a big impact on us, or something you never really thought about, especially in terms of aesthetics. I think about the weird color schemes that we latch onto in one decade or another. For example, the idea that everything in the 70s somehow had to be avocado green. I remember growing up in like my stupid Kennewick house, you know, and where everything in the kitchen was this weird. And it wasn't even, it was like an avocado that had been left out at room temperature for five or six days. And our stove was that color. Our oven was that color. The dishwasher was that color. Like everything had to be that one shade. It was the same year that everybody decided that cars had to be this sort of like sickly pale yellow, like the kind that would be in, I don't know, the kind that would be in the nursery of some sort of a, you know, be the nursery of some sort of an orphanage on Little House on the Prairie right before it burnt down. It was all very unpleasant. Yeah, my father uh, and mother bought a set of furniture in the uh, 70s that was Aztec gold. And which was that that horrible? It's like a mustardy gold. Yeah, the whole kind of mustardy kind of color. And then he went with a uh, multicolored kind of gold carpet as well, and then decided to paint the walls gold. Yeah. So what? the entire living room was Aztec <laughs> gold. There there was a point it's at like which walking into a urine sample. Well, it's weird when you realize things about your parents at some point where you just accept their or or you're angry about them 
and then one day, every once in a while, you have an epiphany where you realize something, and I suddenly realized my parents have no taste. <laughs> Not even a matter of bad taste. They Wait just have no taste at all. Like, well, we got gold furniture. We'll get gold carpet. Paint the walls gold. That'll match. Hell, hold on. Wait a minute. I was raised by rubes. <laughs> so, I well, it's like the um, you know, it's like the thing of the of the uh, speaking of the hallmarks of the seventies. That thing everybody points out is like the shag carpeting, and it like which there must have been. Like when they just like they just rolled a twenty-sided die and came up with that as the thing they were going to sell everybody. There must have been some thought process that went into that. There must have been some purpose for having carpet that was like four inches thick, which is just. And as anybody who's ever lived in a house, I mean, you know, we used to have this intern Kyle uh, on the show years ago, and Kyle, Kyle lived. She wrote me yesterday. Really? Did he hear the news? He didn't. What's with, I wonder what that, what is up with that guy. He was getting married to that girl that was too good for him. Megan? She's yeah. way too good for him. She was so sweet and cute. <laughs> you know what it is? Here's and a, he knows it, too. He knows ah, that she's too Kyle good Kyle is one of the... You know what it is? Kyle and that girlfriend of his, Megan was her name. And she's just like the sweetest, nicest, uh, most wonderful, intelligent, just... Uh, it's like she, she would open her mouth to speak, and it's like you would just hear the tinkling of wind chimes, and just uh, sort of like a... Sort of like Duckman's assistant, Fluffy, uh, where she would come in and she would open her mouth to speak, and you would just hear like you would just hear like the chiming bells of a thousand nursery rhymes uh, playing in the background. And then Kyle was just such a douche in the best possible way. Well, I mean, Kyle was amazing. I love Kyle. Kyle was one of those guys uh, that like the Man Show was made for. Oh boy, Kyle's the guy that judged a cue embarrassing radio story, the Miss Hawaiian Tropic Pageant with me. He's the one that said he didn't. He marked the one girl down because she had too much self-esteem. He's like, <laughs> which he actually said, and it wasn't. It wasn't even like he was saying it to be funny. It's like we're sitting there. And that was a thing that Entercom made us do when we were back at Max Nine Ten, and so they we went to some some place somewhere to judge the Miss Hawaiian Tropic pageant, and we're sitting there. And look, don't get me wrong, uh, Rick Emerson's all man, uh, but I just sitting there with my scorecard. It's just these sad, sad women teeter out on the stage, uh, you know, in like their high heels. In, in the Miss Hawaiian Tropic pageant, and I'm, I'm sure Hawaiian Tropic is a, sure it's a fine product, uh, but I think the grand prize, the grand, the grand prize was literally something like $75 and like a year supply of Stouffer's entrees or something. It was just, it was just depressing, and so we're sitting there, you know, marking all the various categories, and I look over and this girl comes in, she's very attractive and you know, has a personable smile and seems to have a certain magnetic charisma to her, and I look over and Kyle's giving her like a like a three and a half out of ten. And I must have been, as Andrew Vox would say, looking a question at him because he goes, he goes, no, nah, I don't like my chicks that have too much self-esteem. No, that's, that doesn't work for me. And it's just like with no further explanation, like as though it was the most natural thing in the world. The second, just three and a half. Um, but Kyle lived in this house up in the West Hills, which is not nearly as glamorous as it sounds because it was, it was sort of like if you've ever seen a neighborhood that is slowly being gentrified, which is where Whitey comes in and ruins everything. And things that uh, were once interesting or had texture or some sort of style to them, everything immediately just gets uh, whitewashed, no pun intended, and it becomes made out of sort of brushed steel. And then they get rid of actual, like they'll sort of get rid of like an actual wooden sign that was on the front of a store or a restaurant, and they'll put up a faux wooden sign that is sort of meticulously singed and scuffed around the edges. Uh, and then they'll try to be, uh, and then they'll try to remain, you know, with the street by having an overpriced drink that is served in, a, in like a mason jar or something, but it's like twelve dollars. Uh, and then, and then it comes with like some tofu. So, 
The West Hills was sort of like that at this point, where they were going through one at a time, and they were taking these houses that had sort of been built in the 70s and had all that 70s style and decor, and they were just remodeling them and gutting them and redoing them one by one. And this house that Kyle lived in was one of the last houses that had not been redone. And so it was Kyle who I think was, I think he was 22 at the time, and just a, just a dude, not a bad guy, but a dude, one of those guys who would probably, you know, he he probably would have preferred to be interning at the fan or something. And so it was him and his three dude friends all living in this huge house in the West Hills that had no new furniture. All the furniture that was in the house either originated from the actual creation of the house in, like, 1975 or was guy furniture, by which I mean it's like cinder blocks with then a piece of plywood that they have spray-painted black and put over the top. And it had the deepest, longest, richest, thickest shag carpeting I have ever seen in real life. I mean, it was like full-on Ron Burgundy <laughs> shag carpeting. And it was just the, and it was just fire engine red. It was the color of red that you would see on some sort of horror lipstick called, like, Broadway Rose or something. And it was just unbelievably wow. filthy because what everybody discovered after putting that shag carpet in their house is, is no vacuum on earth. I don't care if you have a Kirby vacuum cleaner that was, in fact, manufactured by Werner von Braun. There's, there's no vacuum that can, that can suck up everything that falls down into four inches of shag. And so you then arrive at this point about 20 years after the carpet has been put in where there is, I would say, estimated conservatively, between 10 and 20 pounds of, like, fingernail clippings that have accumulated in there, untold tons of dandruff that have fallen down into the carpet, the hanks of hair, bits of food, God knows how much pot resin and just things that have been scraped out, and there's just no getting it out. And then the carpet begins to put off. Sometimes you hear people describe a smell as being a funk. And that's a thing that people really use too liberally. Because I would say there's a difference between a, a stink, a smell, a scent, and a funk. A funk denotes a certain musky kind of richness. Almost like something has been... It has a body to it. Almost like something has been fermenting for a long while. And that's what Kyle's shag carpeting smelled like. And that's what all shag carpeting smelled like after a while. I know this because my parents had that shag carpeting, which, of course, was avocado green to match all the avocado green of every appliance in the kitchen. And at some point, somebody in a room had to have decided, okay, this is enough. We've gone too far with the avocado and the shag, and now everything is going to change, and everything's going to be cornflower blue for the next ten years. So I just want to know what room those decisions are made in. Like, where does that happen? The, the shag carpet decision? Never mind. Well, no. I just, that sounds <laughs> there, like a Meryl Streep and a Wintour. Like, it is like a Stanley from? Tucci kind of a thing. Yeah. I know. I think I think it may have something be similar to why we get like uh, periods where there are trends and flavors in foods. Right. Like now, so all of a sudden this year everything's peach. You know, look, everything's now raspberry iced tea and raspberry wine bacon this year. It seems. Well, I think that comes from the fact that there are these companies that specialize in creating and selling artificial flavors, and then they market their artificial flavors to manufacturers, and then the manufacturers then come up with stuff to make with the peach flavoring and the thing. So I think it might be the same thing, that you have uh, the, all of a sudden someone develops the ability to weave carpet in a new way. 
And then they go to all the carpet sellers and they say, look, we've got this stuff we just invented called shag carpet. And everyone goes, it's new, it's cool, it's great. Therefore, Let's, better. Therefore, it's better. No. And then you have like 10 years of shag carpet. That makes a lot of sense, actually. The idea that just, I mean, I guess it's maybe a really obvious marketing idea. This is why I never functioned well in sales, because sort of concepts like that, which are clear to everybody else, occur to me years after the fact that they suddenly they seem like revelations. The idea that because you can do it and it's new, therefore you ought to be, because that makes, that explains the polyester thing too. Because why would you be wearing clothing as a shirt that's made out of stretchy plastic? There's just no call for that. It's just altogether off-putting, which is just like we all had Velcro shoes for a while uh, in, in like the early 80s. Which you realize is a terrible idea because if you're, if, if, you know, if you're like a boy who had Velcro shoes, what immediately happened is, is the Velcro just became clogged with grass clippings because every time you go out to recess, you'd be running around and you get little bits of grass and dirt and crap that would stick into the Velcro and then suddenly your shoes don't work anymore. Mm -hmm. And then you have to like chuck them and buy the laced up kind again. That makes a lot of sense actually, Don. Good Thank for you. you. Thank you. Well done. All right. It's kind of like how, if you notice this too, that in the last like five, six years, the most commonly used piece of punctuation has become the ellipsis. And the ellipsis, which I think at one point just meant that words had been removed from a quote or a sentence, and it, it was sort of like an apostrophe, but for removal of entire words or phrases. The ellipsis now, when you're writing, just sort of means I'm writing, and I'm not quite done, and here's a thought. Here's another thought. It's kind of related to that one, but not really. And I'm still not finished speaking, and it's still technically one sentence. Ooh, but are we going to have lunch? I was just wondering. And then also... Here's something else that I was pondering about another quasi-related thought. And then you look, and it's like this one weird block of text over which they have just sprinkled the ellipsis like so much uh, punctuated salt and pepper. I, I blame uh, David Foster Wallace. All right. He did it well, but I think uh, because he could actually write. But I think that he, uh, he sort of broke all the rules of cutting your sentences short and uh, getting to the point, and a lot of writers have... Gone well. I can do these long run-on sentences because it's. It really only works if yeah. you're if you're that guy or Hunter Thompson. Yeah. We'll take a break here. We'll come back after this. If you're on hold, hang on. We got the calls around the corner. More from Don Taylor. Jim Roop will be joining us from CNN Radio Los Angeles. Plus Katie Darrell from TMZ. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Coming up later on, Katie Darrell from TMZ. Don Taylor from Film.com is here as well. Don't forget, one random on-air caller today wins The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest on DVD. It is a remake of the classic 60s science fiction animated adventure series Johnny Quest, a two-disc collection featuring four hours of content that will transport you to exotic locales as Johnny uses his detective-style logic to solve mysteries and apprehend villains. Courtesy of Warner Home Video, The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. One random uh, on your call today. Uh, speaking of that, so uh, the Rick Emerson Show is going to be moving to mornings on Rock 101 KUFO as of this Thursday. So we got uh, today... We got tomorrow. Tim Riley will be back for uh, part of tomorrow's show. And then as of Thursday, we move to mornings on our sister station, uh, Rock 101. So as part of that, uh, trying to sort of uh, get as many of these calls as we can to kind of answer questions that are sort of looming out there to address whatever it is might be on your brain. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. How are you? Hello, sir. Oh, is this Chris? It is. Our good it friend, is Mailman Chris. Hey. Hello, sir. Hey, I've got a 
A lot of music there. There we go. Uh, so did uh, did Paddock uh, bring you guys down something? Are these now? Are these the dollar store mugs? They they are in fact dollar store mugs. Uh, but I figured, you know, uh, a little homage to uh, to our good friend Aaron. Uh, you know, it was three years ago that you guys came back on the air. Almost exactly. That's actually the weird thing about it is, pardon me, the announcement of uh, of the change and the announcement of Tim coming back is one day off from being three months after the, the day that, that Tim left. Tim's final day is one day off of being exactly three months. And the day that we will, the Tim will rejoin us and we'll start a mornings at KUFO is one day off from being three years after we we were brought back here, you know, on the air at CBS. So, uh, yeah, I had actually thought about that, and of course, you know, it's it's funny actually. I will um, just take a moment to say that. Pardon me. I'll take a moment to say that I got an email last night. Uh, from uh, a guy named uh, Mark Whalen, who is a name that is probably not known to, to most people. But Mark Whalen was, at the time, he was the general manager of KUFO and, and, of, and at this station of AM 970. And Mark Whalen is the guy who brought us to CBS and who hired us uh, when we were all out there unemployed and seemingly unemployable. And it is all because of this the whole coffee crop crusade thing that happened, which is where we got, you know, we got fired at Intercom. And the listeners did this great thing of dropping off all these coffee cups at Intercom Radio and just just hundreds and hundreds and maybe over a thousand who knows and it got some you know it got some media attention and people sort of wrote about it and it really it caught it caught the sort of eyes of a, of a lot of folks and it didn't get Intercom uh, to hire us back and probably at this point nothing would do that but what it did do is it got the attention of Mark Whalen who sent me an email just unsolicited just out of the blue which is kind of unheard of I mean for, for a GM just to sit down and take the time to compose an email to some unemployed uh, radio uh, guy. And he just said, hey, uh, this is Mark Whalen. I'm the general manager uh, you know, of, of, of AM 970 and KUFO. We should get together and have lunch. And we did later that week, and we sat down at the table, and the very first thing Mark Whalen said to me, he said, how do you account for the incredible loyalty of your audience? And I forget what I even said at that point. I don't remember what the response was, but I do remember that's exactly, that is the first thing out of his mouth, we were sitting at the Lair Hill uh, Deli, which is down the street from our radio station. It was the first thing he said. And anyway, so fast forward to last night. I made the announcement yesterday that we were going to be moving to KUFO, and Mark Whalen, actually, uh, who has moved on to uh, to another job, he sent me an email, and he said, congratulations to you and the team. Bet you know you deserve it. Best of success. You know, congratulations again. Way to go. Whatever. And I emailed him back, and I said, you know, this I said in a very real way, this whole thing is happening because you, because you believed in the show and you believed in the potential of the show three years ago. So, so thank you for making it possible in a sort of broad sense. Um, that brings us to this conversation. So, yeah, so Chris has brought has brought us four. Are they all the same mug? Because they're in the bag. I haven't taken they're, them all out yet. Go ahead and take them out. They are all the same mug. There's one for for everyone, including Richie. Excellent. I'm I'm actually drinking out of them right now. Thank you, Chris. Fantastic. So this is, and you know, I, because I always do this, I got a, I got a great coffee mug that I managed to break the other day. So I can't have nice things. Uh, as soon as well, I get a mug. Did you break your jackpot mug? Uh, no, I'm on the jackpot mug because I broke, uh, what did I break before that? I had like three different mugs in a row that I went out and bought because I liked them a lot. And then it's like, then it's like a timer just begins counting down to the moment that I shatter them all. So this will undoubtedly be next. But, well, but then again, you said it's a nice thing, and, and that's, a, that's a dollar store. Excellent. Cup, well, it's so. The thought is priceless, sir. But it's, it says congratulations, and I figured it's a good way to, you know, it's, it's a coffee cup crusade for, for good this time, you know. Congratulations to you guys. I remember being at Kelly's 
the night Kelly's that it Olympian. happened. Yeah. Uh, the night that the, that you guys were let go from uh, Intercom. Fired, yeah. Uh, from Intercom, and it was Stern had announced but had not gone off air yet, and we talked then about you guys taking the Stern spot because they hadn't announced Corolla. Right. And we didn't think it was very likely at the time. And I just want to say, boy, what a difference four years makes. And I will tell you this, uh, not that I had some grand master plan uh, in mind, I should say that, that that is almost never the case. Um, and I don't mean to make it sound like I don't, you know, like, like, like I don't care or that I don't think about that stuff, but it's just making, here, here's the thing, in radio you can really only do two things. You can only have two levels of career planning, in my opinion, in the world of radio. You can have, what am I going to do, like, tomorrow and this week, and you can have, what do I want to have accomplished in 50 years? Anything between the two, if you're trying to think about where am I going to be in five years, that's just pointless because it's just, because things change so rapidly and there's just such a level of chaos and tumult. I mean, not just now, not just in the last three months because the economy's all belly up. I mean, just radio is, the rest of the economy is basically the way that radio always has been. That's kind of the thing. I was talking to Paddock about this yesterday. That, that I think, is why the country is so effed, because the entire country right now feels like what it's always been like to work in radio, where it's just you never know from one to the other. That's funny. Um, you put it like that to me, and that's exactly how it is. Which is why... Because we've always had such a volatile, you know, work environment. Totally. Which I think is why it's especially stressful for, for us in this building right now, because normally it's like our lives are just are just so from day to day and you're always on such thin ice in this business in the radio industry but you always feel like well okay at least the rest of the country is out there and it's running fine and everything is stable you know outside these doors right now you walk outside the doors of the radio station and everybody is just as effed as radio always is in terms of your stability and your day-to-day consistency my god you were so Which right the country is so like being a radio professional so welcome welcome to our hell but um Always my point. Oh, but so you can, you know, so you can plan what are you going to do on tomorrow's show, and you can plan where do I want to be in 30 years. But in radio, it's just a fool's errand to figure out what you're going to be doing three years from now. And so, to go to your point here before we wrap it up, I will say that I do remember that night that um, the night that we got fired or the day we got fired from Intercom was a Thursday. Thursday. And I remember because I had been fired the week before, and then you called me at like. 3.20, and I was sitting downtown at the waterfront. I was reading a book in the sun. Because Sarah's calling. last day had been, yeah, the previous Friday. And so on, yeah, exactly. So on Thursday, we got let go. And that night, I was supposed to go to Kelly's Olympian and DJ a barfly event for Jen Lane. And I was like, well, screw it. I'll still do that. And so I went there, and I played a bunch of radio songs and whatever. And I, and I talked to played, some of the you folks. You played the best songs to get fired to. Did I do that, too? <laughs> you did. So I'm just blocking it all out. But, um, but, uh. But I remember at that time that Stern had said he was leaving and going to satellite, which in retrospect may have been a poor decision. Uh, and they hadn't announced who was going to take over yet. They didn't know. And there was some conversation about like, hey, well, the Rick Emerson show ought to go to mornings. And the thing I said then, and again, it's not because it was I was somehow scheming to make it happen. It was just how I felt. And, and I still feel that this is the right thing. I said at the time that I less than anything did I want to be the guy who followed Howard Stern. I said that I don't... David Lee Roth. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was David Lee Roth, and then, you know, they, they did this, th- this three-thing where they had David Lee Roth on the, in the East Coast, they had Corolla on the West Coast, and they had this guy named Rover in the Midwest who, who replaced him. And I, I said at the time that I don't want to be the guy that replaces Howard Stern. I said I want to be the guy who replaces the guy who replaces Howard Stern. Which I'm not, and, and I'm not trying accomplish. to, yeah, and I'm not trying to sound snarky about that. With in terms of Adam Carolla, I have all the respect in the world for Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla is smart and funny and talented, and I'm not just saying that. I, I, I really, really, honestly do mean that. But just whoever it was, whether it was Roth or Carolla or whether they would have picked anybody else, 
following Howard Stern was just such an impossible task because of those three guys I just mentioned, all three of those guys are totally or largely off the air. Because following Howard Stern was just like, it was, you know what it is? It was like being the, those first guys off the boat at Normandy, you know, where the, where the little back of the ship comes down and just in front of, you know, the sniper fire. It, and so you just don't ever want to be that guy. You want to be the guy who follows the guy. And, and so we fortunately just sort of fell into that. It wasn't a thing we planned, but it has... That it turns out that that sort of uh, was the destiny of it, I guess. So, well, in any you way. know, you say you can plan for 30 years and for tomorrow. Well, we know where you're going to be tomorrow and Thursday, and 30 years from now, we're going to see your face looking down from the telescreen at the old Bailey, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can only hope, sir. Hey, hey can I yes. can I can I request that uh, maybe today or tomorrow we can uh, prepare for the early morning by hearing a blast from the past and maybe uh, catch the uh, wake up song by Keelan. Oh, I forgot all about that. The old opening from oh. the 9 o'clock show. Wow. All right, well, oh, I'll dig God. it up. It's, it's at home in my archive somewhere. Congratulations. Like I said, I've been, I've been at it too long to quit now, so I guess I'm going to have to start getting up three hours before I go to work so I can hear the show. <laughs> oh, God bless you. All right, thank you, sir. Awesome, guys. All right, there you go. All right. I know that, that that's really cool that he called, too, because I know that he's been having a hard time coming to terms with it. Well, because his... You know, I, here's the thing. I go home and I'll, I'll be on the Xbox sometimes. It'll be, you know, to say, like, Mailman Chris was, and this will be, like, at 5 o'clock in the, or not 5 o'clock, but at, but at, like, 8 o'clock at night, and it will say, Mailman Chris was last on five hours ago. And I'm like, well, how how does that even work? And I guess it's because he works some weird swing shift kind of a thing or whatever. Like, he's on in the morning. Like, that, that's his Xbox time is, is the middle of the day, which I guess mine will soon be. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson <laughs> Show. Hello. Good day, Rick Emerson on KCMD Portland. Thank you, sir. How can I help you? I am wondering what is going to happen to the... Attention FM DJs in the greater <laughs> Portland area intro. You know, of all of the things for people to fixate on, I've gotten probably 30% of the emails have either directly asked me about that or they have included it as part of a large email. They're like, by the way, what's going to your FM DJs thing? What's up with that? That, um, that intro to me is it's iconic. It's on the very same level of we talk about the issues that you about. It's the Lycus thing. Did you notice, by the way, uh, over the last uh, couple of months that Lycus phased that out? I did not. Uh, Tom Lycus, uh, who, of course, for a long time had the same intro every hour, which was his trademark, which we can all kind of do from memory. He phased that out at a certain point, I think because... I think because they did there, I mean, there were just some some issues about uh, maybe, you know, just shaking things up a little bit and, and trying to, you know, just approach things differently. So I, I do know what you're saying, though, because everybody, I mean, look, everybody has a radio show that has an intro or a tagline or something that they can do from memory. I mean, for the longest time, uh, I don't think I could do it anymore. For the longest time, I used to be able to do uh, Rush Limbaugh had an intro he would do where he would say, um, you know, greetings, convers- uh, greetings and salutations, conversationalists across the fruited plain. The fruited plain. And he would kind of, you know, and he would do, and, and he would do uh, the thing that I stole from him, by the way. He made do that. That is a flat-out yeah. steal from Rush Limbaugh. And... Also, Bruce Williams uh, has a stock intro, which I think he probably still does. Which let me see if I can do the Bruce Williams intro. Um, let's see. Talknet, I'm listen to someone cares. I'm, trying, I'm singing the Talknet jingle in my head because I'm dumb. Um, someone to turn to because that's what friends do. Talknet, someone to listen, someone who cares. Talknet. All right, and then Bruce Williams would say, um, "Welcome, my friends. Welcome to Talknet." Here. Uh, God damn it. Uh, welcome, my friends. Welcome to TalkNet. Yeah, here we talk to you, with you, about you, about you, your needs, your concerns, all the things that make you so very special. Me. Yeah, I'm Bruce. 
Welcome to my show. Welcome Hi. to TalkNet. Well, and I noticed at the end of the Rick Emerson program that that the bastards can now grind you down, but now you have to watch out for snakes. Yeah, that's a thing that I just, uh, it, you know, here's that thing. I was thinking about that the other day. I just did the, 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 the don't let the bastards grind you down thing, which I started saying in 1994, years and years ago. And somebody asked me where it came from. And the answer is I don't actually even know. It didn't come from the U2 song Acrobat, and it didn't come from The Handmaid's Tale. I know because I hadn't heard or read those things at that time. So the answer is I don't really know. And over time, it fa- it sort of morphed into Watch Out for Snakes, which is sort of like if you look at the Rolling Stones logo, that tongue logo. Mm-hmm. The tongue logo used to just be, I think it's actually the God Kali, but... Over time, that Rolling Stones logo has turned into something else because now it's like all weird and out of proportion, and the tongue is covered with little spikes for some reason. So it's like slowly just becoming something else. And so that end of the show quote slowly has become something else as well. And I I don't know if that'll transition uh, over or not. Let me just can I just tell you what I'm thinking about ending the show with? Yes. Well, you know what? I'm going to make everybody wait. I'll make you wait not until Thursday, but I'll make you wait for like until we're done talking to Jim Roop here. I'll make I'll well, tell you on the other great. side of this. The um. I watched all of the rules of, you know, the stop being sassy. Yes, the uh, yeah, the little the the video promos that we are running for the new show. Yes. The um, if you guys do any promos, one thing that I really really wish all of the FM people would stop doing is stop having these conversations. These conversations about, you know, I was talking to my wife the other day, and uh, I took a drink out of the mouthwash and I was swishing with it, and she said, "Hey, you shouldn't swish with the mouthwash." You should use a cup, you know, and then swish with it. And what's the difference? It's antiseptic. And then the other person says, you know, I drink out of the bottle and my boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then, well, if your partner has a problem with you drinking out of things like the milk or whatever, give us a call at 503, blah, blah, blah. That is where the one person has the oddly specific argument with somebody about something. And amazingly, the other person in the studio also had that same argument, but inexplicably has the opposite opinion. So the listeners will need to weigh in. Yes. No, we won't be doing those things. Stop doing that. All right. And one one final thing. Like 10 seconds. One final thing. I uh, hope you guys come out with a KUFO promo that says... Sarah Dillon on Rock 101 KUFO, that bad girl vibe that you crave in the morning. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. There's that guy. Let's welcome now to Double D's. Rick Emerson show from CNN Radio Los Angeles. Jim Roop. Hello, sir. Howdy. Hi. How are you, sir? I'm very well. Hey, real quickly, before we do, let me just ask, where is that from, Sarah, the edgy bad girl vibe that you crave? Where is that from? I can't I even remember. I some creepy sales guy. Back in the day. Did like, a sales guy say that? No, remember, I was talking about some guy, and I'm like, oh, I have the bad... Oh, I remember. There was a sales... This I know this will shock everybody. Jim, this will shock you, having worked in radio for some time. There was a creepy AE who I think was hitting on Sarah at one point, and I know that everybody is stunned by that. Um, and Sarah, I think, was talking about how this AE was a whole lot of like, so, I mean, you like food? I like food. Let's go out and get some food. Herb Rawr. garlic, man. Herb garlic. So, exactly. <laughs> Um, and I think Sarah actually said, sort of jokingly, Sarah said, oh, I have the edgy bad girl vibe that he craves, which we latched onto as, I think, a descriptor <laughs> of you on the air for like six months or so. All right, there you go. Um, <laughs> hey, have you have you heard the news, Jim Roop? What, there's good rocking tonight? <laughs> wow. Okay, that was a good poll. Well done. Thank you. Uh, well, this is awkward. Uh, so I guess it's, it's actually not that awkward. Um, so I meant to send sort of everybody just a, a mass email about this. 
uh, on Sunday and no later than early, early Monday morning. And kind of just uh, Morpheus, the god of sleep, came and uh, subdued me before I was able to do that. But so I got about half the people on the list told and the other half have just sort of uh, been finding out on the air. But I didn't know if the word sort of trickled through CNN. So the long and the short of it is, is that this very fine radio program, the Rick Emerson Radio Extravaganza and Cavalcade of Amusements and Laughs, this uh, program is going to be moving to mornings on our sister station, Rock 101 KUFO, uh, which is across the hall. Oh. So we are going to be transitioning this program to morning drive uh, on our FM sister station, uh, KUFO, uh, taking the slot that was formerly occupied by Adam Carolla. And uh, so that is going to be happening. That is going to be happening this Thursday. And as part of that, I mean, there's a whole lot going on with it. As part of that. Our good friend Tim Riley will be rejoining the program. Oh, yeah. Returning to the program in his rightful role as news director and overlord. Beautiful. So it really is. And also as part of that, uh, all, all y'all are coming with us, uh, whether you knew it or not. Uh, so I know that uh, Lisa knew that, and I know that Tyler had kind of filtered the word down to some folks, but I didn't know if it had kind of gotten out to everybody yet. So uh, I, this first I heard of it. Well, so there you go. So as part, because you get on the clock at like five or six, right? A four. See, so there you go. So we're, see, this is why, by the way, we would occasionally, and by occasionally, I mean constantly, snark about the fact that we would be like, it's two o'clock. Where could he possibly? Why wouldn't they book him at two? And it's because, like, at two, you've been on the, you know, you've been on the on the gig for like ten hours already. That's okay. Um, but see, here's the thing. We're going to be on. Wait for it. From five till nine a.m. in the mornings. Wow. Um, yes. Well, that was one way to respond to that. Uh, so, but but the good news is that I mean, to answer the questions a lot of people have had. You know, the things are obviously a little bit different when you move to morning drive, and it's going to be a little bit more streamlined, I would imagine. But all, all the stuff that makes the Rick Emerson show so very great is going to move over with us, and that that includes you guys uh, as well. Oh, uh, that's very kind of you. Thanks. So I say speaking for you. So, uh, well, thank you. Uh, so it, you will be getting some details about that, but basically the only details are is going to be earlier, uh, which would be, uh, I think, easier for everybody. Well, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I don't care if it's midnight. I'd still... Yeah, but you know, I, 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 I jump at the chance to be with you, man. See, and I appreciate that. It always works out badly for us when we try to contact you directly outside of the hours that they say you're available, because then Sarah gets her uh, gets her knuckles wrapped by some guy. You know, that's no fun for anybody. Well, somebody talks too much. That's that's what I'm saying. That's always the problem. <laughs> Somebody's always speaking when they ought to be listening. <laughs> yeah. In any event, so that's going to be happening this Thursday. Um, and beyond that, you know, blah blah blah. I've, uh, well, yeah. I'm sure that comes with a hefty raise for everybody. <laughs> What? Really? It does? Hold on. Nobody told us. Hold on. Now i got something well, else i got to talk to them about. down to you yet, then, maybe. Well, I was just doing it for the joy of getting up at 3 in the morning, really. That was ah. the, that's the added benefit to me, sir. Yeah. Um, I get from a man who does it regularly. It ain't no benefit. i got to tell you this. It's um, it, We have you know, been on, I mean, uh, speaking for myself, I have been on AM radio, and AM radio has a glory all, of, all its own. It's not that it's better or worse. It's just different. But I've been on AM radio since 1994, so I've been 15 years. So it's been it's been more than 15 years since I was broadcasting on an FM station, like as a job. I mean, I've been on I was on you know I've been on FM stations like a guest or you know whatever. But I haven't worked on an FM station for 15 years. So it, it, in AM radio, there's a lot of you know again it has it has its own kind of magic and its own kind of sound and tone and whatever. But part of the the thing is you also get these people who are like, I don't know, and then as soon as I drive underneath a stoplight, I lose the station. <laughs> and it's going to be interesting to be on a radio station. And I don't mean to knock 970. I mean, so the station has been very good to us, and we I really do love the station with everything in me. 
it'll be interesting to be the one a signal that is actually 20 times as strong. Uh, you know, it, going from 5,000 to 100,000 is going to be uh, it's going to be pretty amazing. So we're when looking forward the, to that. Uh, when do the bus backs and billboards start? Well, I would imagine that what they're uh, what they're going to be doing is they're actually going to be forcibly just implanting microchips into the heads of everybody in the Probably. Portland audience. Whatever's easier. So uh, that maybe we can uh, maybe we'll start with a stunt. Maybe we'll broadcast from a billboard for the first 60 days. How about this? Oh, man. How about this? Stop. No, no, no. No, no, no. Wait. Underwater. No, no, no. You and your wacky morning zoo. No. How about this, Jim? Uh, we could... Let's see. Wait. Hold on. Because it's Rock 101 uh, KUFO. How about this? We'll stay... It's a low number. It doesn't really work. It would work on 970. Uh, but you could do that thing of like... We're, it's like a radio telethon. We're going to stay on the air in a radio telethon until we get 101 new listeners and then like they got to call up and we got to make sure that like and we no. would and we would like interrogate <laughs> them funny you know we would but we would like ask them trivia questions about ourselves because DJs love to do that uh you know hey we're going to ask you trivia questions about us to prove you're not a current listener what's my dog's name exactly uh, and then we would stay on the air till we had 101 new listeners and then I would go home and drink myself to sleep out of shame so we will probably not be doing any of these things, but we are going to be... Uh... Probably? <laughs> well, who knows? You ask me six months from now. Oh, good Lord. That leaves open plenty of possibilities. Sarah, let me introduce you to a little phrase called wiggle room. Uh, it's, called, uh, it's called leaving yourself an out. So, Jesus. I mean, look, well, I mean... Martin Fat Boy, we're up at, uh, at at dawn to go do their dip into the Columbia yes. as part of their... Uh... You'll know, by the way, they didn't even ask us to do that because they knew what the answer would be. So, they... They would, hey, do you want to get up and jump to the club? And I said, you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, I'll donate money, because that was for the Special Olympics Oregon. I'll donate money. We'll have uh, Sherry Heiner come on and promote it. We'll talk about it. We'll have other people talk about it. I will not be jumping in the river. It's just not happening. And in morning drive now, you're going to have to start giving the temperature three different, or the time, rather, three different ways. Can let me just tell you this, actually. Um, a little. Let me just play something for you here, and then I will tell you a little backstory about telling the temperature or the time uh, several different ways. Um, I'm assuming this feeds the phone, Sarah. Some KUFO beds. All right. Uh, Jim, I'm going to play a little something here. These are some uh, promos that are running on this station here on our show and then on our sister station, uh, KUFO, promoting the upcoming Switch. And it's, it's, it's sort of me talking about uh, some of those things in radio we seem to hear all the time. Uh, let me see here. Hold on a second. Um, all right. Well, I'm just, okay, I'll, I'll play this one here. Uh, let me make sure you can hear this. The first step. Can you hear that? Yeah. All right. All right. No, a second. You know, at the news station, I bet when we play things, we won't have to double check that people can actually hear them. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to play you this, and then, I will, then I'll tell you something about say in the time. The first step is admitting. A problem. Stations that constantly brag about having less talk are basically admitting that they keep hiring DJs who don't have anything to say, can't hold your interest, and aren't actually allowed to be funny. How about less repetition of the same three songs all day? Huh? Because that never gets old. The cure for everything you hate about morning radio. The Rick Emerson Show. Mornings, 5 till 9, starting March 12th on Rock 101 KUFO. So there's that. Uh, let's see. I've got, uh, one more here. Hold on a second. Um. The first step is admitting you have a problem. Radio has a problem. There is no station that everybody at work can agree on. 
Just because there hasn't been open gunplay in the office doesn't mean we all like James Blunt. The cure for everything you hate about morning. So there you go. Uh, so we've been playing those, and we drew up a list of, like, boy, it was astonishingly easy to come up with a list of things that, that, that radio does repeatedly that are irritating. I mean, we had, like, 75 of those things in about 10 minutes. And... You know, I sort of narrowed them down to the ones that I thought were, you know, sort of the best or the most universal. One of the ones, though, was the saying the time two different ways. Do you want to give an example of what that sounds like, Jim Roop? I say 15, 15 past 8 o'clock, 45 now before 9. <laughs> I mean, why do you need to do that? What is the point of that? I mean, what is it? Can you tell I've done that before? You know what? You know what? The, you know what they used to make me say when I was a top 40 DJ? I would have to say this. Uh, we wouldn't say. Like you just did the, you know, 8.15, 15 minutes after 8, 45 minutes before 9 o'clock. There's that. We were trying to shake it up a little, trying to be a little different about it. So I'd say this, um, because this, I guess they thought this was an amusing pun on the word right. You'd say, hey, you'd say to you that you'd, you'd be coming out of the, like the power into like another nonstop music jam. And you'd say, hey, it's 8.15, 15 minutes on the right side of 8 o'clock. What the hell does that even mean? On the right side of it? I mean, I guess it's because you're like getting people through the work day. That's that's why you say it that way, but it, no, it's the right side of the number twelve. I mean, I guess it's, it's, and then the left side the, of the number six, or the right, or the or the uh, left side of the number twelve would be the other side. See, but don't you think the fact that we're having to explain why it's amusing indicates that maybe they should have just had to say, "Hey, it's age fifteen. You know what that means." Well, you know, when I when I was, I think I even mentioned James Francis Patrick O'Neill to you. Yes, several, you have several years ago, um, but he's the one who told me when I, I when I was working mornings. He said, "I noticed Jim." I noticed, Jim, you gave the time this morning, but you forgot one. I, I said, what, forgot an hour? Forgot a time? What? No, 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 no. You said it was 8.15, and you did say it was 15 past 8 o'clock, but you must tell the listeners what hour you're before. I said, you got to be kidding me. He said, no. I said, all right. So he said, so it would be 8.15, 15 past 8 o'clock, 45 minutes before 9. Is the assumption the listeners can't tell time? He thought it was people who need to get to work know they have 45 minutes to get there. They also, and I said, doesn't that isn't that what 8:15 means? <laughs> and also, they have watches uh, now. They've they've. I mean, we've moved past Apparently the sundial. Apparently, not in 1978. No, maybe not. Jesus, sundials back then. It was just you know. So uh, so we almost wrote uh, one of those that was uh, you know like quit saying the time five different ways, you bastards. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess it was those we're supposed to talk about, but yeah. So just defy everybody and say, hey, I don't know what time it is, but you're late. I should be. <laughs> I mean, really, you're late to a job you don't care all that much about. If anyway. you're still listening to me in your car, you're late. I mean, that's if you are not already on the road, you are hosed. <laughs> Call now and fabricate an excuse because you're not going to make it. Take the rest of the day off. Exactly. So <laughs> anyway. Hey, Jim, it says here that a lot of those cell phone deals are rip-offs for the consumer. Uh, hold on. You know, Sarah, I have a cell phone, and I don't know about you. Do you have a cell phone? Who are you talking to me? I was talking to Sarah. Oh, oh you said, I, you couldn't tell if you said Sarah or Sir. No, no, Sarah, well, or that's either that's of you. That's where I lost you. Too. Hold on, we'll do that again. Hold on, hold on a second. <clears throat> you know, Jim, uh, seems like everywhere you go nowadays, uh, people are talking on a cell phone, and uh, especially at restaurants. I mean, you know, they're uh, they're in line, and they're uh, they're in front of you on their cell phone, and just just talking away. And uh, you know, I'm just trying to get some dim sum, and uh, you know, a guy in front of me is talking about the uh, he's talking about picking up his kids from daycare, and uh, I don't care about I don't know his kids, I don't care what time his kids get off daycare, but he just keeps talking away, and you wonder, you know, these people that are. Uh, you know, they're on their phones all the time. And, I mean, uh, you know, the phone's just uh, glued to the end. Everybody's got the Bluetooth. 
And I don't know if they're talking to me or if they're talking to somebody else. And you wonder, I mean, uh, how much are they? Uh, how much are they paying for this, Jim? I mean, what what is what's the real cost of this cell phone craze? <laughs> you are too good at that. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of sad to me that I can do it. I mean, it's not even impressive. It's just it is impressive. It's, it's it really de- is. You're not sitting over here. It's <laughs> depressing. Why can I do that? That's a stupid skill. It's pointless. You know what? That'll save you. It's like being able to make armpit farting noises. I mean, yeah, did anyone ever hold you up at gunpoint if you start talking like that? Hey, I'll tell you. I had a gun at one time. It was loaded. I mean, it's, it's like being able to burp the alphabet. I mean, what am I supposed to do with that? The only Those two things are only good for morning shows, burping and talking like that guy. I can hear you now, Thursday morning. It's 6 o'clock in the city. Well, we were we were just saying, Don Taylor, our friend Don Taylor is here, was saying that, you know, it was like, when you go on Thursday, you ought to come on as a kooky morning show. And I said that the problem is, it would irritate... It would scare people. Yeah, it would frighten and irritate our audience. And then everybody else would just sort of go, well, that sounds about par for the course, because that's what everything sounds like. I mean, so, you know, I, you know even in 2009, everything sounds that way. You know, I don't really care about the cell phone story. I'm sorry. I know that I'm supposed to talk about this, but, you know, it's much it's much more just to talk about you, Jim Roop, and the fact that you have to say the time three different ways. <laughs> God almighty. I mean, really. It's, I, it's very sad. Just, uh, you know, which is, I think, probably a thing they're still doing at some point. I guess, and here's my thing, like the temperature you can almost see, right? Like you can almost understand the temperature if if maybe people don't have windows or something, I guess. I mean, I guess you can say, like, hey, it's it's raining. But I mean, you live in a place like Portland, that's sort of obviated anyway, just by dint of the fact that depending on what time of year it is, like, you know what the way, it's hot. I mean, it's hot or it's cold. There's really no middle ground there. And nobody's, well, I you know. say leave, leave it to the news guy. Ask, yeah. You know, when he comes out of his newscast, give the time and temperature, and let me get back into music. That's a good idea. I like what I'm hearing. No, no, no. I'm totally, I'm going to take those formatics, and I'm going to put them right on Tim Riley. Thanks, man. Your own little wheel. You know, and he, exactly. <laughs> and he's not here, so I can just decide that in his absence. Fantastic. All right. Right. Now, now, are you going to have to start giving the traffic and the temperature and the time? Are those are formatics set in there? Well, I mean, there is. Look, here's the other. I, I are, also, are you full service? Is what I'm asking. Well, we've always been full service. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, so and I, I think you do. I mean, because so Corolla and Stern, everything didn't have. Like, well, that's because they were. Well, also because Corolla was in Los Angeles. Uh, so you know, and Stern was is. Stern was his whole. You know, that was you know he was his own whole deal. I mean, there's also stuff that that you do just because like you don't want to be a total jackass. Like there's, there's stuff that, stuff that you break because it's a rule that needs breaking, and there's stuff that just you do. For example. I have to tell you that I was actually supposed to be. Here's an interesting story. So yesterday, there was we made the big announcement yesterday, and at 8:45 there was a sales meeting where you go in, you talk to all the AEs, the general sales managers are there. You do a little presentation. You say, hey, I know you guys have been wondering what's up with the Adam Carolla show. I know everybody's been wondering what's up with KUFO. We'd like to announce formally. You may have heard this rumor. You may have heard some things in the hallways. Yes, we'd like to make it official. The Rick Emerson show will be moving to mornings. Rock and on KUFO, and. You know, I was there, and I did my little dance and my song and whatever. But the meeting was at 8.45, and I got there at around 8.50. And I was calling ahead to Chris Paddock, the program director. I'm like, hey, I'm late. I'm doing my best. And why? Because some jackass had properly, uh, improperly filled his car uh, with fuel, by which I mean not at all, and was broken down in the middle of the Ross Island Bridge. Ugh. Had I known, I actually probably would have gone gone a different way. So uh, traffic and that stuff, I guess, is, is, is useful. But you've got stations who just try to be too... Clever, like this is whole, like the whole fixation on finding a wacky name for it. Not everything needs to be like traffic and weather together with a side of toast. I mean, it's just, <laughs> just say like, 
here's the traffic. Hey, Ross Island Bridge is closed. Find a different way. I mean, you you know, you can say that stuff without being uh, like a nitwit about it. So yeah, I, I agree. I think that's the real damnable misery of so much bad radio is that it's taken things that people theoretically should either a enjoy or find useful or b. Uh, uh, wait, did I already do b? Well, whatever. <laughs> or or three. Not flat-out hate. Do you know what I mean? What is wrong with you? Many things. This is the sort of linear thinking that they uh, bring, in, or bring into KUFO. Oh. This is the streamlining they're talking about. But you know what I mean? Like, you think about radio. Think about how radio has soured the listener on so many things they should presumably enjoy, such as a guy talking to you or having a conversation or trying to communicate with you or a sense of community, all that stuff that we, that we do, that we do uh, I, I think, very well on this show. Or, you know... Telling you if maybe uh, the bridge that you take to work is on fire or being kicked over by Godzilla. I mean, that's kind of stuff you need to know. But radio just does it so badly that people don't care or they actively dislike it. And that's just a sad, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. So, anyway. And I will single-handedly fix every problem everywhere, Jim. I expect the change to happen by Friday. That's uh, that's what I'm saying. So, And you'll be part of that change, my well, friend. Well, thank you very much. All right. Well, on that note, I... Uh, I guess we're not really going to talk about cell phones because, you know, because everybody's everybody, got one. This, everybody should know this. Number one, they should downsize their cell phone plan because we're spending too much money on wasted minutes, number one. Number two, if you run out of minutes at the end of the month, if you're a good-paying customer, you can call the, your cell phone provider and say, can I have an extra 50 or 100 minutes to get me through the month? And they'll give them to you free, usually, if you're a good customer. A lot of people don't know that, but that is absolutely true. Those two things I'll leave you with, sir. Listen to how you've streamlined. It's like you're already getting ready for morning drive. I'm getting ready for a beer. All right. <laughs> See, this is what our you lives are going to be like. Seriously. <laughs> what time do you go to bed, Jim? Uh, I don't know, 11, midnight, something like that. And, and then you're up at midnight at... and you get up at 4? I get up at 3.30. You know what? It's because he's a game day player. He like, sure is. Like the men of old. All right. Well done, Jim. Review and give us a time check on the way out. <laughs> no. <laughs> And we're done. Bam. Spiking the ball. All right. We'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, man. Thank you. Right, you've got to break. Wow. Back after this, I the Rick Emerson him. Show. Continue uh, next. Don Taylor. Hello, Don Taylor. How are you? Hi. I'm great. Sorry. We're kind of all over the place. Though. Uh, I'm just happy to be here for the brief little time I still get to be here. Oh, shush. You know we're transporting you with us. You have to get your ass up early, too. Seriously. Quit fishing for compliments, Don. <laughs> I'm working on a new persona for my Schmidtke Taylor hour that, uh, that I'm going to try and tell. All right. Back after this, the Rick Everson Show. Don't go anywhere. There goes the last DJ Who plays what he wants to play Says what he wants to say Hey, hey, hey And there goes your freedom Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Richie was going to bring me up, and I was going to say something since I was alone in here, but we didn't know how to do that. <laughs> Not my fault. Gonna... My alarm didn't go off. Also, I had car <laughs> I had trouble. Car trouble.
<laughs> You're such a bastard. What? What? Who? Look over there. Why, hello. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Don't forget, coming Thursday, 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 uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program moves to mornings on our sister station, Rock 101, KUFO, featuring Sarah X. Dillon, Richie Bristol, myself, and the return of Tim Riley to his rightful role as news director of this, uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. So that is coming up Thursday mornings, 5 to 9 on Rock 101, KUFO. Uh, we want to give, uh, again, special uh, shouts out, as they say, to uh, to several people, uh, you know, just who's everybody's sort of been working overtime to put all this together. Um, our good friend Bridget from upstairs, who is the uh, the webmistress here, who is does, and we actually could say this now, who does not only the 970.am side, but she does KUFO.com, all of which had to be partially revamped, soon to be largely revamped, it, just because you know the, the show is moving. Um, and who, you know, whipped together uh, a variation on that fantastic photograph taken by Vanished Twin Photography, that Rat Pack photo of the four of us. Uh, also, uh, a guy named Art Webb, who a lot of you uh, remember, he was uh, he used to be the engineer for the Tom Lycus show, now works here for KUFO, and put together those promos that I was playing for Jim, the, you know, the radio has a problem. By the way, I should also note... And then we got a, we you know we got the rest of today and then we got all of tomorrow before uh, before we sort of wrap things up. But I, I do want to start getting some of this stuff taken care of. This here. The first step is admitting you have a problem. Radio has a problem. That is our good friend Cable Hashitani who uh, works on CBS Radio Theater. So if you if that voice sounds ever so slightly familiar to you, because uh, that's what that is. We want to thank him for and he had to come in and he had to cut that under just the, the strictest of of secrecy. We had to just swear him to absolute silence about that when he came in to voice that. Uh, and those videos that are running right now, the, the, the rules in action promos, where it's me as sort of the classroom educational guy talking about, you know, pointing to the easel of, you know, things that are wrong with radio. Um, that was really a collaborative effort between myself, Chris Paddock, Bridget, Susan Reynolds, and then, um, a film company whose names I have again forgotten. Uh, but it's, it's all up there on the website. So those things are really, and they turned those around almost immediately. And it's just, uh, they, they, they're fantastic. Um, anyway, so, Lots of stuff to get to. We've got today. We got tomorrow. Thursday, uh, we begin broadcasting this show mornings at Rock 101 KUFO. Today, we are here with our good friend Don Taylor. Hello, Don Taylor. Hello. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to snap going to the break no, uh, when you were saying for the few remaining <laughs> minutes that I have left. But you, you know that we, you know that we're quite fond of you. Uh, I, I know. Yeah, and stop trying to make us feel guilty because you don't want to wake up early. Seriously. <laughs> We've all got That's problems. That's I see through. All right? I see through the plan. Well, it's as as in the position that I'm in. I was uh, an interesting uh, cavalcade of emotions. Like, oh, good for them. They're they're going to KUFO. Yay! They got Tim back. Oh, uh, I don't get to go fill in for Tim anymore. But yay for them. Oh, but. I'm sad for me because it really is all about me. And I, but on the plus side, you did find your nail today. I did. And I actually should say, and we we told this to uh, to Todd Tulsa yesterday, and 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 I, it really does. It, all kidding aside, and I and I will do like a more more grand announcement about this um, about this tomorrow. That it really is, in a very real way. I don't think this would be happening. This this move to KUFO would be happening if it if it wasn't for folks like you and. Uh, Todd Tulsas and Dave Walker and Dave Schmicky and Chuck Knopf and everybody else because I because I I just don't we wouldn't be able to stay afloat. I, yeah, I just don't know that the show would have I don't know that the show would have would have survived in any real way. Not to diminish Sarah or myself or Richie or whatever we bring to the table. I was 
I don't know, maybe he doesn't want to say this, but Peter Carlin sent me a really, really nice email um, yesterday morning when the news uh, uh, broke, and it was like, it was full of profanity. He's like, F yeah, effing righteous, you know. <laughs> it, it, you know, you think of Peter, he's just such a bastard most of the time, and uh, which is one of his most charming attributes, but but it was a really, really, really legitimately sweet email about it. You know, he's like, this is a great, great thing, and I'm so glad Tim is coming back, and I, and I told uh, Peter, I said, I said, Kind of a variation of what I just hear. I told Peter, I said, you know, that in, in some sense, had it not been for that really just amazingly honest and touching story that Peter wrote about the show after Tim was let go. Um, and again, however many times we say that, um, you know, that Tim was let go in the nicest and, and, and the classiest and professional way possible, which is true. You know, didn't really change the fact that the next day he wasn't here, and he wasn't here the day after that, and he wasn't here the day after that, and he wasn't here the month after that. And it was months, you know, that he wasn't here. And Peter's article really, which you can read, it's online. I, I think uh, I think it's archived uh, at OregonLive.com, where he was writing about Tim's position being eliminated and Tim being gone, and a, a lot of media folks filling in, like Heidi Taubers, I think is the one that he profiled, Tom Parker as well. Um, that that article really was important to this show surviving, I think, because I think I think if that article hadn't shown a sort of external third-person light on the kind of bittersweet beauty and magic that radio really does have, especially these days. I think that probably the weight of the whole thing would have just been too much. I think it would have just crushed the show. And so I think the article really helped a lot because it was a way to sort of step back. Not that we don't ever love our jobs, uh, but there are days that it, it, you know, it, was little, it was a little weird, like in the absence of, of Tim. It was like, how, how are we going to do this? And I think Peter's article really helped to a great degree because it did sort of it was a little bit of a, of a, a little bit of kind of a slap in us back to reality of like, you know, radio is challenging sometimes. There's things that are sort of, you know, you have very mixed emotions about being in radio occasionally, but that it is still this thing that is really beautiful and that does have you know, does have the ability to make people feel something, you know, something special, that they're part of something bigger than themselves. And so that was a big part of it. And then you guys helping out as well, because I, I, I just I don't know what we would have done had it just been. Uh, Rick and Sarah sitting in a room trying to trying to make each other chuckle. Um, not that we can't do that, but especially in the absence, you know, in the aftermath of all of that, you know, that kind of black December, it, it just would have been, I think, just almost too difficult. I don't know that it would, it would have been impossible, but it would have been very, very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Well, it also it, it it gave you something to focus on. It created a a dynamic that I think was necessary because otherwise, I think if it had been just the two of you. There would have just been too much sadness, and this way it gave you something else to focus on. Because particularly uh, in there, there was some fine entertainment to be had when you would get someone in here who didn't click with you. <laughs> Why? Oh, I'm sure. It was who might you be referencing, uh, Don Taylor? <laughs> I'm not going to name any names, but there were one or two that uh, Stacy Wilson and Katzel Levine. Okay, yeah. And as a listener, just actually listening and going, oh, she's not going to be back. No. Oh. Did I tell you that I ended I up? You enjoyed that. Did you? Did I tell you that I was standing next to Stacy Wilson for like three hours at the Coraline premiere? You did. That was fantastic. And, and like I, she, you knew that she'd seen you. But... I would look her way and she'd look away. I tried to make eye contact and she wasn't having it. You tried to make eye contact? Why? Just to see what would happen. And what would happen is she would look away. 
I'm so nervous <sighs> for my bump in there because that's what always happens is that people decide they don't like the show and then I always get the brunt of it. Yeah. You know I'm going to see I... her and she's going to have had a couple like spritzers at some uh, like uh-huh. fancy like well I'm wait She'll party. be on another team as your bowling league. Yeah. So I, you know, it, it's not that I go out of my way to be confrontational. I really don't. And I was just looking at her to be honest. It wasn't like I was like, hey, look over here, you know, and tapping her in the chest or something. Giving her the greasy fish eye. Ser- Yes, that. The um, greasy fish eye. It was just, you know, I, I was just sort of like looking over just to just to see what the deal was. And um, and I had my opening line already for her. Uh, for those who didn't hear it, Stacey Wilson from Portland Monthly uh, was one of the folks who came in to fill in for Tim Riley and uh, took an almost immediately dislike to us <laughs> and the audience to her. And it was all very awkward. And... It just ended, the whole thing ended really poorly and whatever. It was like a really bad blind date that yes. thousands of people were on simultaneously. <laughs> and that you was. couldn't leave from, like, they, you hadn't arranged for a friend to call you with, like, a fake emergency, you know? Where, like, my uh, my friend Todd and I used to do this, where it's like, we, you know, he'd go out on a date or whatever, and, like, the deal was that I would call him half an hour into the date, and, uh, you know, it, it, or I can't remember if I called him or I paged him. I think it might have been in the days of pagers. But a- anyway, if things were going well, he would just disregard it or whatever. But if things were going poorly, he'd be like, I don't know, that's an emergency. It's my mother. i got to go. Um, but this, yeah, we were just trapped in a room with her and her with us and the audience with all of us for like an hour. Anyway, so then I saw it at the Coraline premiere. And I had my opening line already if she, in fact, if, if it was like, if she looked at me or if we were like trapped in an elevator together. And I was actually going to say... Half sweetly, half snarkily, like, it's my new best friend, Stacey Wilson. Uh, and I never got a chance to use it. But, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe we'll need to promote something on KUFO. We'll uh, we'll ring her up. And then Ketzel Levine came in, and as satisfying as it was uh, to, to finally figure out that I think Ketzel didn't dislike us, she was just confused by us because she'd been at NPR. In a way, I wish it could have waited to have her just on KUFO with us, uh, where she's on, like, you know, on the same station as some guys in court and fat boy. Uh, in a way, I kind of want to have her go on the Court and Fat Boy show. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that one just sounded like it, it reminded me of an abusive relationship, though, because she she really did. She'd be really nice, and she'd say some really nice things. Then she'd say something really snotty and really yeah. mean, and you guys would be like, "Huh? Why is she being mean?" And then she'd be nice to you again. She was kept... like the Ike Turner of public broadcasting. Yes. Yes. Yeah, kind of like, I have some cake. Oh, Ike, sorry, baby. Ike, <laughs> I didn't mean that. Ike, love you. At least there's a thing, Ike and not Chris Brown. No, no, no. He's uh, Chris Brown is no Ike Turner. Let me tell you. Never, <gasps> I'm going to sell a shirt that says Chris Brown is no Ike Turner. Oh, you're oh. an evil, evil I like man. that. I mean, musically. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Never mind. And I'm certainly not going to list off uh, a series of products Chris Brown could be endorsing right now. Such as? I'm not going to do it, Sarah. I'm not going to do it. I think the public wants to know. It's not. That would be wrong. I am not in any way thinking of a series of products that Chris Brown could endure. Sugar snacks. Uh, all right. After this, really? we'll have more phone calls. Uh, more with Don Taylor. Michael O'Mara show coming up at 3 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so when we come back, we'll do a whole bank of calls here. If you have questions about the move to Rock 101 KUFO, this program is going to be moving Thursday morning. This is the time to call. It's 503-733-2970. So we'll do an open line fact when we get back right here on the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Do you see why I didn't report that Britney Spears thing? Oh, Lordy. Yeah. 
Uh, so there's the, the worst Britney Spears thing that came out today. This is a new show you're listening to, by the way. This is not from uh, 2006. Wow. She was apparently, I don't even know where she was performing. You know, I'm going to be seeing her in late April. Um, so maybe she'll play this brand new hit. It's this, called... This video has been removed by the user. Yes. Yeah, as she was caught on mic, and I guess it's been taken down off the intertron, but it's out there somewhere. She was on mic at a concert, I guess, last night, and she was caught on mic referring to her costume and um, uh, a, a, a section of her anatomy, a lower uh, sort of section. That is so crude. Referring to... Um, my, my blank is hanging out. And two-thirds of the audience responded, what else is new? Yes, <laughs> exactly. It seems like there's a... Uh, Seems like there's a joke somewhere there with uh, lip syncing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's take some phone calls. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello, hi. Hey, gang. Rick, congratulations, man. Well deserved. I can't wait to join you guys in mornings over on the FM side. Thank you, my friend. Um, real quick anecdotal little thing, and then I have a question. Um, I was working in Seattle for a Stern affiliate when Stern went to satellite. Would that have been 99.9 KISW? Uh, it would have been, uh, yes, indeed. And so when that happened, there was a big thing, like, who was going to replace Howard? Well, they brought in someone from our FM sister station who was doing middays. Would that have been B.J. Shea? That would have been B.J. Shea. Um, Could I be more of a radio tool? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm a tool right there with you, man, except you have a job in radio, and, well, I don't. So. Uh, but, but other than that, I mean, yeah, we're right on the same level. Yeah. Um, so when that happened, I mean, BJ's show evolved to the morning dial, and it changed unbearably. Um, it became the wacky morning zoo show that everybody, including myself, was afraid that it would become. Right. Um, I love BJ to death, don't get me wrong, but it just, the show, the show evolved and it changed to fit the morning drive attitude. So, uh, my biggest question to you is, can you promise, like right here and now, that you are going to do your best and Sarah and Tim will do their best to avoid that whole morning show benchmark, goofy sort of whatever it is that happens when you wake up at three in the morning and go, hey, let's do this wacky thing. Let's like, be kooky. I, right. Yeah, I mean, I will I will also say this. In addition to that, I'll, I'll actually expand the thread a little bit and say a couple things. First of all, people don't know, a benchmark is, a benchmark, when you say benchmark, a benchmark is <clears throat> something they do on radio, typically, but not always, in morning or afternoon drive. And a benchmark is, is a thing that happens at about the same time every day. Because the theory is that it's a psychological, it's a psychological time check. So uh, the example they always give, and this is not, I mean, this is just the, the example they use forever. They'll say, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm here in the battle of the sexes. That means it's uh, about time to head out the door because, you know, that's when I, you know, that's when I leave to get in the car to go to work is when battle of the sexes comes on. And it's a thing to help people figure out where they are in their morning or afternoon process, where they are in their schedule by the, the by when the bit comes on. Um, which, and I should actually say, this goes back to, my comment earlier, I was talking to Jim, that a lot of those things that people, a lot of those things that people think, I'll just say this, actually, I'll just, I'll, I'll just flat out say it this way. A lot of things that people think we don't do, uh, things that they associate with, with morning shows or afternoon drive shows that they think we don't do, we actually do. We just, you know, we just don't ever call them that. For example, uh, Lisa Desjardins being on every day at 1135 is a bit, and when it's not her, it's Steve Kastenbaum, that's a benchmark. Right. Or... Uh, when Tim was with us, the noon news hour uh, was a benchmark. 
or uh, Katie Darrell, except for today, actually, being on at 150 on a Tuesday is a benchmark. So we already do all that stuff. It's just the difference, in my opinion, is the tone. It's a, the tone is everything. And it's not insulting to the listener's intelligence. No, and I mean, you know, and so, yeah, the idea that you're doing kind of the same stuff and the same, you know, at the same general time every day is certainly not, not a thing I, I have a problem with. I mean, that's we do that stuff now already. It's just when radio stations sometimes, in uh, radio shows typically in morning drive, but not always, they do that. It sometimes can come with this weird veneer of impersonality to it where it just... You don't ever really get the sense that you're listening to an actual person, and that's kind of the problem. You get the feeling that you are listening to a set of radio formatics that has a name put on the front of it. And that's that's kind of, you know, that's it's also the thing where sometimes people will move to a different slot, and it's the, the idea that, well, now now it's a real program. Now, now we have to be grown-ups. And I think I can only respond uh, to your question more fully by quoting what Conan O'Brien said two weeks ago, because, you know, Conan O'Brien made the big leap, uh, you know, to earlier in the night. And on Conan O'Brien's last show, which was really good, he really went out, you know, the, the way that he should have gone out. Uh, and then, you know, and then, of course, he's moving into the, the you know, the old Leno slot. Conan O'Brien said, I wish I had the audio. Maybe I'll play it tomorrow. I might actually play it tomorrow's show. But Conan O'Brien said, a lot of people are asking me if I'm going to have to become more mature and responsible. And he said, it's just impossible. It just can't happen. And I think that's kind of our thing too. I mean, it's not like I'm going to do a deliberately, a deliberately like ragged or, or seat of our pants program because that happens some days here and some days it doesn't. But you know, it, not every shift is the same, not every station is the same. But but this is the show that they're interested in. This is the show that they want, which is the Rick Emerson show. And, so, and I can honestly understand why you yeah. guys are fantastic. One more quick question: Will you be keeping the world's finest bumper music? I, I have, I've actually thought about that a lot too. I've thought a lot about about some of that stuff because I really do. I really do believe that we have the best bumper music like ever of any radio station. And I deliberately have chosen stuff over the years that didn't have like a rock vibe to it. In fact, you'll notice that most of our bumper music, like our instrumental, uh, Sarah, you should play an instrumental bump here. Mm. Uh, now, some of these are rock, so like this will undoubtedly be like a Rob Zombie one. But, like. Yes. Well, this I, I'm actually talking about a return. Oh, gotcha. so this is the stuff into break. But um, so there's that. That stuff is all golden. And then right. if you hear like a return bump, that means I played it, which means it's gonna cycle back through. Oh, I'm sorry. So here's a return bump. All right. So this is this is some of that hip hop uh, that the kids love. I have deliberately chose for a long time not to use any rock music, just because it, it seemed like we went through a period in talk radio where every guy, especially Republican talk show hosts for some reason, conservatives, because they were all rock and roll Republicans. You know, I may be a Republican, but that doesn't mean I can't be a little crazy. And to prove how crazy they were, like they would all use, uh, you know, they would all uh, they would all use like Bachman Turner Overdrive, Bachman Turner Overdrive records, or they would use like Back in Black. Right. And so we went the, the other way, where almost everything we use is electronic to some degree. And I don't know, I, I don't know, I, I really don't know about that. I, I'm still kind of weighing, you know, this is a good yeah. chance to maybe freshen that stuff up or not. I don't know. That's a that's a decision that I think still. Has but to no, be made. we can promise you that we're not going to become douchebags. Yeah, we won't be. We'll do our best not to become <laughs> lame. But we can't do it. Like I, it's it's not possible, or else like 
It's not the way that we are. Like, yeah, we, I'm just. Uh, I don't know how to play. I, I can't. Not that good of an actor. And I'm just. Uh, I'm just not wired uh, to be like a douchey morning guy. It's just not in me. So. Yeah, yeah. We had two shows that came over from that FM talk station, and our PD um, at the time was like, "You will change all of your bumper music to rock music because we are a rock station." So. That was one concern that I had. You know, and it's radio minutiae. Like, I'm so concerned about bumper music. I must call and ask and wait online for 50 minutes to find out right now. Well, we use, I mean, that's that's a thing of, like, we've changed our bumper music a whole lot. When we were over at uh, Max, a lot of it was rock music. And then we moved over here. I changed, uh, largely, all right. And we got to move on. But thank you, my friend, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Rick. Congratulations, right. guys. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, if you look at the various evolutions of the show, too, you'll notice that every time we change something, it's because we've just come from a situation we hated and wanted to forget, and so I would just do everything differently. So when we now, were... have you ever had to do like a morning like like laugh when you didn't think something was funny? I had to. Um, not for a long time. I used to uh, years and well, I was to say it's been thirteen years since I did. No, it's been longer than that. It's been it's been thirteen years since I did mornings, but I did a talk show in the morning, so that was different. The last time I did. On actual morning show was in fact at a rock station, uh, and it was a long time ago, so, uh, 16 years ago, 15 years ago, and I did uh, I was mornings on a rock station, and I was the kind of sidekicky guy, and because I was filling in for the news sidekick guy, who I think at, a, at one point he just never came back, like he was taking some time off, because the morning guy, who I will not identify even by saying what market this was in, the morning guy uh, was a massive cokehead, and amazingly enough, was also kind of flaky and a bastard and would scream at you all the time, almost as though his mood swings were chemically induced. And he was just impossible to work with. And he was the guy, I've told this, I've told this story, this is one of the best radio stories ever, but I answered the request, I was an overnight DJ there uh, early on, and I answered the uh, the request line one night. This will never happen to you at KBU, Don, probably. <laughs> uh, I answered the request line one night, and it was the, the PD who was at a party. And he'd been in a party, you know, where he's like, hey, you're that DJ guy. And he's like, yes, I am. And he was like big man on campus or whatever at the party. And there was a Coke dealer there who was giving him all this, you know, this what he thought was free cocaine all night. And they come to the end of the night, and the Coke dealer comes over to, like, settle up. It's like, so I've been giving you, uh, you know, lines of Coke all night. That'll be $94,000 or whatever, you know, however it is. And the guy goes, um, what do you mean? I mean, I, I thought it was like, uh, it's like in the Blues Brothers where they think the beer is on the house. And he goes, what do you mean? I thought it was just like, you know, you're digging the show. You give me, you know, hey, I'm the guy. I'm a radio cocaine. <laughs> and the dealer's like, no, like you've been like I've been like I've been running you a tab basically, and so you've used about X thousand you know dollars worth of my coke. So pay up. And the guy just didn't, you know, the, the, the guy didn't have the money. And I guess the dealer got kind of threatening uh, with him. And so what the PD does is he calls me on the request line, not even on the request line, on the hotline. Uh, which is this big red light that goes off in the studio that terrifies you because it's normally they only call that when like the towers are on fire or something. And I answered the hotline and the guy called me, the PD called me, and he kept me on the phone for like hours because his thinking was as long as he was on the phone with me at a radio station, like the coke dealer couldn't like kill him or work him over, or, like you know break his legs. And so he just and so here I am trying to do my show and this is before automation, having to change all the records by hand, having to actually open the mic and introduce the record and whatever. Meanwhile, I have my freaked out boss, my program director, on the hotline who is at a party, wired out of his brain, with a dealer who is probably wired out of his brain. He owes the dealer all this money, has no money, and the dealer is threatening to hurt him in some way. And I'm trying to do a show, and I'm like 17, 18. And it was just the worst, like hours. And finally, I guess the dealer finally just flaked out, and the, the guy left or whatever. But it was just like, 
I don't remember one telling the story. Oh, but so he was the morning show host, of course, and his sidekick news guy finally just was like, screw this, I can't work with this guy anymore, and I kind of fell into the gig. And so there I am, you know, and it's like I'm, you know, and he's also the boss, and he runs the whole joint, so I'm having a laugh at all his jokes. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, no, that's really something. And I will give just a small insight into what kind of a radio program that was. One of the... um one of the hilarious ongoing bits that they would have in the morning show was a pre-produced, like, sketch comedy sort of bit about the double entendre-laden adventures of a rather amorous military man whose name was Major Wood. Except I'm making it sound way funnier than it is. <laughs> I'm making it sound so much more subtle and witty. Oh. I, it's like even that description doesn't convey exactly how unbelievably awful uh, that bit was. But that was like that. That was the thing talk about benchmarks. That was the benchmark. Like that was like that was the centerpiece of that morning show. And there I am in the studio, like <laughs> Wood, yeah, uh, kill me. Uh, just hating my life, hating it, hating it, hating it. So. Uh, mornings are different than middays. Middays are different than afternoons. Uh, they're both different than doing, uh, you know, they're all different than doing nights, certainly. If you listen to, for example, Court and Fatboy, who were doing nights on KUFO for a long time, they're now doing afternoon drive, which is a big step up, a big mm-hmm. promotion. And it's different. Things, you know, it doesn't make it better or worse. It's different. So this show will, you know, th- there are things that will be handled differently, but it's going to be the same show because I just don't, I just don't know that we could be chuckling nitwits like if we had to i just don't even know and as sarah t- totally was the one who nailed it we're just not that good mm-hmm. of actors i mean i couldn't i don't think i could actually even pretend to be that like for the money i i just even they paid me enough i don't think i could do it i think it would just i, I don't think i would have the energy to sustain uh, that kind of like when i did the morning show with greg it was kind of like that a little bit like greg's a nice guy and we got along in life but like on the air we just did not sound right together and he would like say something and then i'd have to and then he'd look at me and i'd have to laugh but it was it was so awkward. It was... It's especially difficult in a show like that. Not to knock uh, K&RK, but it, it, they do that morning show where it's like, I guess their whole thing. Everything was just so strictly regimented, and like it was just weird. It was hard, and like I would, and I would feel like I would have, like he'd look at me, and I feel like I would have to laugh. So I did have to be like the little like laughing. I think they're kind of high concept over there. It's like you'll have the thing of like it's like Die Hard in a mall, you know? It's like it's like Clerks in a record store. But I think like. I think at KNRK, their whole thing is like, um, it's like NPR, but with Joy Division, because they do that, you know, where it's like, where they talk, you know, they just talk really simply and basically between records, and there's no music in the background, and there's there's nothing happening, Mm -hmm. and I'm really just here to talk about the music, because that's really what matters, is the music, me, here, talking about music. These sentences are all really, really well constructed. These sentences are all flawlessly executed. And that doesn't really get you raring to go in the morning either. If that's how, like, if you're trying to be awake at 5 a.m. and be like, hello. This, I think the only is... time I ever listened to KRK in the morning was when Gustav and Dario were doing. Yeah, and I'm not. And it, I loved listening to them together. That was really. And, and you know what? And it sounds like I'm being uh, bitchy about it. I'm not. I'm not trying to no, snark. Greg, on them. I mean, you, it, you know? it was meant to be a one-person show. It's, like uh, that was like I. I ran before I was shoved out. And you know what? And that. And you know what? And that. <laughs> that show. And that's it. Those guys. Uh, you know, they they do what they think their audience is going to respond to, which is you know that's all you can really do. You got to got to give the people what they want. And they point. do. I mean, it's, it's, it's 
it's doing well. I think I think that morning show is meant to be a one-person morning show. Exactly, and it's just not it's not a thing. I but I couldn't do that kind of radio. Just like I don't think I could do. I couldn't go back to being the uh, you know I couldn't go back to being like a bad. Uh, top 40 jock anymore. It's just, I mean, I guess I could try, but it's like, what would what would possibly be the point of that? Because I would do it. It would be it would be unconvincing to everybody. Uh, one need only listen to. Wait, hold on a second. Uh, let's see. One need only listen to. Uh, all right, here we go. This is a, this is a bag. This is the early days of my radio career. This is the guy threw me a phone book and told me to pick a different last name. So I decided to pick the blandest, least interesting name on earth. Because God knows that there was nobody else in radio uh, with the last calling themselves Taylor. Uh, you know, I think there were actually at one point. The blandest, was... least interesting name on earth. <gasps> I think. No, <laughs> no, no, but see. Good job, Ray. No, 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 but see, there's a difference. Look, Don Taylor, first of all, is a great. It's not that like is a good Rick. Well, no, no, no. It's it's not that like Taylor is bland and interesting. Let me be very clear about this. It's like Rick Taylor though, is just used. There were at one Rick point Taylor sounds like three, a fake DJ. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, either, there were at one point three Rick Taylors on the radio in Portland. So it sounds like a name you'd make up to check into a so motel with someone you were ashamed no, of. No, no, no. And I apologize. I didn't even think about that. So I'm not. I'm really. I'm not trying to say that it's that it's Taylor. It's like the first blandest? of all, if you were to Google like radio name and Don Taylor, I don't know that you'd really come up with a whole lot. You Google radio and like Rick Taylor, you get fifty thousand results because it's one of those names that just, especially. I mean, and also here's the other thing. As, like, a, an author or somebody who's writing, you know, it's not like Don Taylor. It's not like you're called Don Humperdinck or something. But I think when you're doing radio and you're doing those quick hits, like, I think the guys want to find, they all want to pick the radio name that really stands out. And really, you know, you can make, but they all pick a name to stand out that sounds like, you know, like, not a terribly unique name. Like, they all think, like, Bob St. John. And, of course, everybody in radio is named Bob St. John. So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to impugn your last name. I was just wondering, uh, it but, always seems to be the male DJs that end up taking the, the wacky names, too. Right. Like, you don't, you got a lot of, don't have a lot of women out there doing radio who are calling themselves, like, Roast Beef or, or <laughs> Thunderclap. Or something, you know? Thunderclap. <laughs> That's it. I'm changing my name to Thunderclap. Your new name is Thunderclap, by the way. All right, so let me just play a little bit of... Uh... Anyway, I'm sorry. I feel like a jerk. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to say the Taylor's a bad no, name. No, no, it's fine. It's, it, it, was... is a, it is a bland, but, uninteresting but name. No, it's not that, but it's just like if you were going to pick a name to market yourself as some sort of brand, I mean, I don't necessarily know that you'd pick Taylor. I mean, if you were starting from scratch, right? Because, you know, again, it's like, a, uh, you know, it's like you want to pick something that has... You know, a little, little zing to it, maybe, which, I don't know, in terms of radio, especially Top 40 radio, which is what I was doing, eh, it didn't necessarily have that. And it was a name that was already so widely in use, especially because, and I've told the story a million times, that the guy literally threw me a phone book. And he said, find something that sounds good on the radio as a last name. And I was like, uh, Taylor. So let me just find, here we go. Just a little bit of a... FM5 after 8 on a Monday night. Rick Taylor and for Greg DeLang. Still yeah. in the tower. The Ritten's nice. going to get color rebound. And Steelheart also made Steelheart. a break it on your way. 840. Yeah. Right now, a little forward. We're getting low down and dirty. The Drive City's hit music station. OK95. That's right. I was just that cool. Wow. No, no, no. Oh. It's so much better. 
Okay, 95 FM local weather. Rick Taylor checking in for you. 817 on a Monday and outside. On a Monday. I'm elongating vowels. Uh, That's part of what you do. Marilyn uh, Pittman style. Look in on the downtown Kenoy Parkade, like 89. Shouldn't get too much cooler than that all. Overnight lows, 70 down to 65. Highs on this week of 100. Might break 105. It doesn't seem like... that voice doesn't come out of that face. I was just going to say. It doesn't seem like I should be able to make that sound. No, it's, it's weird. Yes. I'm going to start talking faster, and I'm changing my name to Don Thundercats. <laughs> no, I thought it was Thunderclap. Thunderclap. <laughs> I don't know. Thundercap, though, there's a whole STD kind a, of... A, a persistent <laughs> STD at that, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's not laser just... Don Cats, something like that. That's a little bit better. It's not just clap. It's Thunderclap. I'm afraid that uh, that actually needs penicillin and a sander. Come on. You can be like an STD superhero. <laughs> Who knows? No promises. Right now, 89 is the syndicate. Okay, 95. Batman, Rick Taylor, and for Greg DeLang, 826. Now to Monday night. Don't forget, okay, 95. Make it or break it. Come. Make it or break it. If you oh, just tuned in, this is a little of what you can look forward to with KUFO starting on Thursday. On okay, 95. FM, here's Alice Cooper. Poison. Poison. Oh my God! Wow, look how far you've yeah. come. You sound ridiculous. And and I really do. and in a weird way. Well, we've talked about this before. That my old air checks, I sound older than I do now because I was trying to force it. Uh, I'll play one more, and then we'll take a break here. Operation Continuous Country Y one hundred six FM. That's me trying to sound. Um, I was sixteen when I was doing this on a on a country gold station, which means sort of like not hip new country, but either like old country. And they didn't want, like, a 16-year-old kid doing that. Like, when I said to the oldies, it was the same way. I would shove my voice way over the my nose like this, trying to sound old. Because they, they didn't want a 16-, 17-year-old kid playing Four Tops records. Uh, so I was trying to sound... Uh, I was trying to sound way older than I was, which sounds like... Gangs, let it be you, continuous country now at 647, <laughs> coming up at on Thanks 7 so o'clock on this Sunday morning. Don't forget, Little Country Church comes your way at 830. It's a half hour of gospel and inspirational music. Y106 wants you to know on that same note that uh, there is a Tri-City Christmas... For and Y106 is coming out as Y106 because I'm pushing everything through my nose, trying desperately to sound older than my 16 years. You sound a little like Mr. Garrison at, at points in that. <laughs> In tradition for thousands of people coming your way, the Cathedral of the Desert presents the Living Nativity on December 13th through the 16th and the 19th through the 23rd. Tickets available at the Cathedral office and at the Bon Marche at Columbia. At the Bon Marche. At the Bon Marche. We were a classy operation. So we'll take a uh, break here. Um, Tom Parker, actually, when he was in, Tom Parker and I were talking during a break one time. And he was talking about how the show seemed very much like a conversation in our show. And he made the greatest statement. He said... He said, when you get into radio, you are wanting to be anybody other than who you really are, anybody else but who you are. And he said, after about 10 years, you realize you can't be anybody but who you really are, which is, I think that kind of sums up the evolution of, of me and the show and whatever. So, All right, on that note, we'll come back. I feel so bad about saying that thing about Taylor. Now I feel like a jerk. Right. Now I'm going to buy you two bright, shiny objects. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere.
Saturday night, and there's a cutting breeze in the air. Uh, 10 to 15 mile an hour winds from the south, southwest, on the south hill. Pretty darn cold everywhere in Spokane. Overnight lows around 25 degrees. Daytime highs at 35, keeping things pretty solid out there. A 20% chance of rain and snow all night tonight, increasing to 60% by tomorrow. Right now in Coeur Lane, it's 28. In Spokane, it's 29. There you go. You hit that T like Martha Stewart. Yeah. And uh, also my note that it's pretty darn cold. It is pretty that darn cold. pretty darn cold. And yet, like I'm, 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 I'm not doing one or the other. I'm doing both. I didn't say, hey, it's 35 degrees. And I didn't say, it's pretty darn cold. I said, it's 35 degrees and then followed it up by clarifying, it's pretty darn cold. In case, like, you've come here from Venus and don't know what 35 degrees means. All right. Kristen Bowie, uh, our good friend Kristen Bowie, emails me and she said, uh, she was talking about Rick, because there is actually a Rick Taylor who works for CBS Radio. Uh, I was talking about Rick Taylor and how uh, when I came to Portland, I think there were three different Rick Taylors here, and there are 20, whatever the number was, 20,000, 29,000. She said, Rick Taylor is KUPL's midday DJ and music director and assistant program director. Good job. I should note... I should note, though, he augments it uh, with uh, with the great radio name because he is Rick Bubba Taylor because that's a guy who knows how to market and brand as opposed to me just being Rick Taylor out of a phone book for no real reason at all in a series of ever more embarrassing radio voices in format. Our villain's pretty boring, but until I put the X in there. See, but there you go. Really See? Stolen. Well, that was stolen from David X. Cohen. Yeah, but you know what? There's nothing wrong with stealing. I mean, this is the, the and the X. See, that that's a thing. Here's the thing about Sarah is that by dint of working with Tim and myself, because because Tim has worked in radio, you know, for a long time, and I've worked in radio for a, for a, a for a piece, as they say. Uh, but it's like we're, it, we just went through phases where we're just like so jaded and bitter about everything that Sarah. It's like almost like Sarah has taken some sort of a speed dating class on, in radio. That is exactly it. You guys have like. Yes, you've totally educated me on it. It's like putting something in the fridge next to an onion, and then you know, then suddenly it's infused with onionness. Uh, and Sarah's infused with all of the good and bad about radio, which is why you figured stuff out. Which is why you didn't go through like however many years of calling yourself Red Taylor without augmenting it all. You went right to the Sarah X Dylan. Well, and you've taught me a lot. I mean, like you're the one. You and Tim both have like taught me a lot about radio. And about life. Yes. But I mean, honestly, life. like with all of your experiences, like throughout the past, you know, seven or eight years, like you've, yeah, you've helped me accelerate because of that. Well, now um, that I'm uh, Don Thunderclap Taylor, <laughs> and Taylor uh, and Thunderclap mornings, I, I, I see all kinds of opportunities. I particularly uh, in my fantasy world where I'm going to do a show with Dave Schmidtke, which who I have never actually met. Really. I have not met him, but but now it's only oh, I have this whole fantasy world where it was Dave Schmidtke and Don Taylor. Thunderclap and the double D's. <laughs> God, radio's stupid. All right. Is you that... would love Dave Schmidt. Yeah, well, we're all gonna... we're all gonna go to dinner. Uh, yeah, we're gonna take you out, all, all y'all, uh, out to uh, yeah. out to a whole uh, a feast. So oh, that, that'll, be a, use... that'll be a whole lot of ego at one table. I'm gonna use That's my. That's what I was uh... thinking. Like it's gonna be hilarious. I'm gonna use that uh, that uh, program director American Express card before they cancel it. So <laughs> I only I only get to expense things as the PD for a couple more days. But live it up. Order up, people. Seriously. Seriously, I'm so excited to like go out and like have food and like drinks with Dave Schmidtke. He, he really is. Like... Uh, 
He is quite something. He's a fireball. Uh, and Todd uh, Tulsis. Let's see. Well, let's. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. How can I help you today? Well, hi, Rick. I wanted to say congratulations. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I can just hear it now. FM 101, uh, AM 970. <laughs> I don't know what that means. What are you doing there? What do you mean? I'm making fun of you, Rick. But, okay, I. Okay, there's no need, no need to be confrontational. You mean? Oh, are you? Okay, well, I'm trying to pick up the jar. Are you implying that I would no, no, that no, I would no, come no, out? No. Of... It's just going to be weird to hear you on FM. I was, uh, you know, it's always been AM, and now I'm. Mean, it's a little more crisp. I mean, it's going to be a better quality sound, obviously. Are I was just trying to. I was trying to. I was trying to figure out the internal underpinnings of the joke when you said FM uh, 101 AM 970. Like, if you were implying that I would do that thing of saying the wrong station name because no, I've been saying this station, which I might do, but nah, okay. you won't do that because no. you're only going to be on FM now. Yes. Well, that's with. Okay. Yes, that's right. Okay. Any, any, anything else today, sir? No, not at all. Wow. Just okay. uh, congrats. Looking forward to uh, waking up to you. All right. Thank cool. you, my friend. We'll spread the word. All right. Take care. Out. Okay. You made me kind of nervous. Bye. That was a yeah. call. Yeah, I just feel real jittery after taking that like call. It was like a whole Ketzel thing going on there. Ketzel. Um... I, you know, can I tell you when Quetzal Levine is here, it is all I could do not to make a joke about Quetzalcoatl. <laughs> oh, how did you How did you not? You know, are you, in fact, the fabled reptilian Aztec god uh, to whom we would sacrifice things, Quetzalcoatl? Uh, the thing is, she, A, probably would have gotten the joke, but B, wouldn't have liked it. No. Uh, so. <laughs> or she would have just looked at you and said, oh, people used to say that to me all the time I used to in get... high school. People listen to you talking? Like, they like, sit here and this is what you do? Who are those people that listen to you? Uh, let's see, somebody, uh, we got an email here It says, um, this one says, uh, Rick, about you, about you introducing, uh, about you introducing songs, uh, what is the first song going to be on KUFO? That's a good question, actually. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. We've given it. Uh, yeah, we I, talked uh, about it the other day. We made a kind of a list uh, of of like uh, of bitching uh, songs that we could start with, but I don't really know. Do, I, you I mean, have, do you have a playlist that's being forced on you of things that uh, Paddock is putting it together? So to we play? yeah. So we trust him. I mean, like we were. Uh, I mean, it's a playlist. Not. A, I mean, radio. St- a lot of radio stations in general. They've gone one of two ways. I mean, the short answer to that is when you say it's like a playlist that kind of gets shoved on it is no, um, because radio stations at this point are. They're developing one of two ways to where either every single song all day long has been programmed three weeks in advance by a guy who probably doesn't live in your city, which is why, uh, incidentally, you can go to radio station websites uh, uh, now and they'll do that thing. This part is cool. You can go to a radio station website like my wife will do this. Uh, and she'll say, hey, you know, Kink played this great song uh, this morning. She's a big Kink listener. She'll be like, hey, Kink played this great song this morning at like 850 and she's like, well, you know what it was? It goes like, bah, 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 bah. and I'll be like, no, I, I don't know. But you can go to the website. So you go to kink, kink.fm, and you can look it up, and you can see what played this morning at 8.15. I'll show you. Occasionally, though, you will get a, a radio station, and this happened with a prominent uh, alternative station in Portland at one point, where you went to their website, and somebody had pushed the wrong button at the wrong time, and they had uploaded the station's playlist for like the next day and a half. And so you could see what was going to be playing tomorrow at 8.50, and tomorrow at noon, and tomorrow at 1.30. Remember there's a station in town where I would call you, and every day they would play the same song at the same time? I do and remember like, For that. a week I was calling you, I'm like, they're playing the same damn song again. So stations have either gone that way, or they have gone the way of trying to find, you know, what works with the tone of, you know, whatever show, whatever part of the day. And I know that that's, and you know, and it's not like, and I'm saying in advance, I can't take credit for any of that. That's, you know, that's Chris Paddock, and that's, and Paddock is really trying to, all of those things you're using, you know, grow, evolve, transition, whatever. He's, he's sort of trying to, trying to, I think, if you listen to KUFO maybe five, six years ago, and certainly not to knock it, if you listen to KUFO five, six years ago, and you listen to it the way it sounds now, I think 
he does have like a real a real vision for where he wants the station to go, and a lot of that is reflected in things like the fact that Court and Bobby are on there, and that they're doing you know they have a real prominent place in the station now. So it's anyway. So we're it's all very exciting. Are we breaking? Yes. All yes, right, we're breaking. Good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have asked. We should have just done it. I don't wish to pull back the curtain. I don't wish to. Narrate your process. I don't want to narrate the process. I feel like I should call her and apologize after the show. All right. Back after this, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. We will wrap it up after this. And the answer, by the way, is no. Because uh, if you saw her on Anderson Cooper last night, uh, there's uh, she's a dirty girl. Uh, that's John McCain's daughter I'm talking about, by the way. The uh, Megan McCain, I think. You're doing the word clicky, like clicky thing, like. Yes, you know, you know what I mean. Well, you, you, you remember her? Do you remember that photograph, I that her MySpace like... picture? Oh, the blonde slutty girl. Yes. Oh. She's a uh, she's what we call a Marissa. That's a type. Uh, and she's uh, uh, her name may be Megan. Uh, her name may be Megan, but inside. She's a Marissa. All right. It is the... Oh, she is slutty looking. Yes, she is, Don. Yes, she is. She's got a little thing for me, too. Uh, it's uh, it's not really uh, it's not really public. I mean, I you know, I'm trying to keep it on the uh, on the down low, as the young people say. But, um, yes, I fancy her quite a bit. It's 503-733-2970. By the way, the, our peculiar brand of creepiness will be making the transition impact. Uh, it will be, in fact, just as off-puttingly lecherous in mornings as it is now in middays. So, lucky you. All right. Hello, Don Taylor. Hello. Rick so we got Emerson. to. This is, I think, a. We got to one news story. One news story. Well done, Rick Emerson. Oh, thanks. So, uh, I mean, I'm not telling tales uh, at the school here when I say that, you know, that obviously Tim Riley has uh, returned to the program and will be returning to the program when we move to mornings on Rock 101 KUFO this coming Thursday. And so, two things that I'll say uh, right now. One is. Uh, Don Taylor will be. Uh, we, we, we're going to find a way to use you. Uh, well, you I am the wacky can't... neighbor. You need the wacky neighbor. We can't leave Thunderclap behind. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, Don. It's just so funny. <laughs> Is, and you were you were kind of joking about getting a spinoff. Uh, and the only and you were talking about Maud, but for some reason the only thing that was coming up in my head was that episode of South Park where Butters got his own show. And it was all like, that's Butters. And he was all, that's me. And he was like sticking his head through the through the, through the yeah, screen. But Maud, I can see that too. Well, the Jeffersons. The, uh, Jeffersons. the Jeffersons started out as, as the uh, black neighbors. But the public demanded more George and Wheezy. So Don Taylor is, in fact, the black next door neighbor to the Rick Emerson show. I'm telling you, Schmidtke and Taylor. It, it, it's got a ring to it. It really does. Uh, film.com is where your writings can be found. Also, and Cinematical. Yes. And then your uh, your confection company will be up and running when, Don? Uh, I don't know. Eventually. Well done. Wait a minute. You can't deprive the people of like the best chocolate I've ever eaten. Well, now that I will have, uh, I'll be able to uh, pimp it uh, even even to a larger. I thought you were going to say now that you'll have more free time on yeah, Tuesdays. Well, I'll right. be able to uh, pimp it to a larger swath of the public uh, now that I will be appearing with 20 you times occasionally more. on KUFO Excellent. with 100,000 watts That's what I'm talking about. of rockin' power. Oh, my God. Well, we've said it many times, but I, I do want to say before we wrap this up very sincerely and honestly uh, from Sarah and myself, and I think I speak for the whole audience here, uh, just thank you so much uh, for being so gracious with your time and your talent and, and your voice and everything uh, because it, it made it made a bad time. 
a lot more bearable. Well, that's right. And I don't know that we would have made it through otherwise. I have enjoyed this more than just about anything that I've done in in recent memory, so this has been fabulous. Sorry about making fun of your last name. Nah. And always calling you at Friday. But Sorry, one hour I'm notice. sure that you'll be thinking about it all day. I'm going to be dwelling and <laughs> flagellating all day. Join us tomorrow for the final broadcast here on AM 970. That will be uh, it'll be tomorrow, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, from 10 to 3. Tim Ryan will be here, Dave Schmidtke, and more. So stay there. Uh, you know all the closing credits. Do them in your head. We'll see you all tomorrow at 10. Thanks for listening, and goodbye now.